626. Welcome to Thursday, the 10th of November, 2022. Good morning, bonjour, buenos dias. This is the City Breakfast Show. Live on your Dow City 97.3 FM. My name is Nathan Kwok, sitting in for Bernard Avlet. It's an honor and a pleasure bringing you the biggest breakfast in town. Have a seat, join us on 0549-986-996, on Twitter, City973, hashtag CityCBS. And you are listening to us live all around the world via CityNewsroom.com. Daughters of Glorious Jesus with the song Won Tabine. Starting us off, we are kept safe under the wings of our Savior, of our Lord. Start off with our business sense. Business Sense brought to us by ADB. ADB's got the Payday Plus designed just for you. If your salary goes through ADB, now the Payday Plus allows you to get access to about 10,000 CDs or 80% of your next monthly salary. And there's no interest on repayment within 30 days and your money hits your account the same day. If you are interested, call Meredith on 0243-273-369. Or now on 0244-284-197. And our business says today comes from Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, one of the biggest movers and shakers of our time. The man behind Amazon. Now, it says you have to be willing to be misunderstood if you are going to innovate. You have to be willing to be misunderstood if you are going to innovate. So, if you want to cause change, you want to make a new path or chart a new path, you want to create new things, you want to cause big things to happen, you want to create, be ready to be misunderstood. Because people are comfortable with the circumstances they know, right? People love um, their present circumstances. People don't really like change. Because creativity or innovation or charting a new path will come with pain, will come with stress, will come with sacrifice, will come with a lot of things. So be prepared to be misunderstood. Even those who get the idea you are preaching will struggle to fully comprehend. Because they'll wonder, why are you even doing this in the first place? But the path to great things or the path to innovation, changing things around and ensuring that there's a new order of doing things, that path will be accompanied by being misunderstood, being misheard, being looked at in a funny way. And and sometimes there will be resistance. So Jeff Bezos is saying you have to be willing to be misunderstood if you are going to innovate. That's our business sense for us this morning. Brought to us by ADB. ADB truly are great and more. The newspaper review comes up shortly. This is still the City Breakfast Show. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
same breakfast show. The city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. To the city breakfast show, the new super review comes up next. Brought to us by Fidelity Bank. Now, Fidelity Bank has got the Sikaboom promo just for you. Great way of winning a hundred thousand CDs in the grand draw. All you have to do is deposit and maintain 300 CDs in your Fidelity account every month during the promo period to qualify. And that's it. Now, the draw will be done in February 2023. And so, you need to just follow these simple steps. Okay, just deposit and maintain 300 CDs in your Fidelity account, and you could be a winner. Fidelity Bank, believe with us. And Total Energy is also bringing us the newspaper review. Now, remember that Total Energies has been adjudged the Petroleum Company of the Year for three straight on three straight occasions by the Chartered Institute of Marketing Ghana, and it's now been inducted into the CIMG Hall of Fame Petroleum Division. Now, Total Energy is committed to the delivery of quality and innovative products and services that enhance customer experience. And so, they are thanking their customers for their loyalty, for their support. And they promise to continue delivering exciting and innovative products that meet the needs and expectations of their cherished customers. Kelchako Toothpaste also bringing us the newspaper review. Kelchako Toothpaste, happy smile. And if you are listening to us in Ho and in Takrade, you are listening to us on Cool FM, Cool FM 103.5 in Ho and Premier FM 100.5 in Takrade. (laughs) 
635. This is the newspaper review. You are live on the City Breakfast Show. Let me welcome Kokui and Godfred. Hi. 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 How are you? Hi. I'm all right. I'm all right. Tell it to me if I were a betting man, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm betting on? What are you betting on? Parliamentary workout. You are calling dibs on that. Oh yeah, I'm calling dibs on right. the MPP <laughs> MPs working out <laughs> because you know why. <laughs> if the people stay in there, you can't trust that Charlie. they will vote against Charlie. them. <laughs> so the only strategy left is to make sure they are not in the room because if they stay in the room, you some see, people will definitely vote against. You him. can't trust that thing. Hmm. So we will make sure nobody is there today. Um, that is what I am betting on. I'm telling you today. But it will be interesting to follow uh, this uh, definitely vote of censure or motion of censure, uh, whatever the technical name is. I'm definitely following it. I know uh, City Newsroom will be following okay, this. Yeah. yeah, so we'll keep you up to date on that. But that's what I'm calling this on. <laughs> it's definitely. A walk up because here, here's the here's the thing though. Yes. Just before I get into the headlines, like if there's a debate, eighty MPs have said they don't they like want them. exactly. Who's going to defend him? Who's defending their fight? And, and later on, the rest of the majority also said, said they joined. Yeah, so if there's debate and Haruna is making his case against mm-hmm. the finance minister, are you going to stand up and defend him and then later say, "Oh, but I still want him gone"? Exactly. I'm betting on the workout. Oh, but they are not coming. <laughs> well, I, I think this, it just leads us to this story on citynewsroom.com. Maybe we should start, start from, from start yes. online. Then abstain from vote of censure against Oforiata. Ah. MPP directs majority caucus. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we wait to see whether the, the majority Politics. caucus will respect what the party is asking them to do. In other stories, Clocksack backs teachers' protest against new GS boss. Mm. All of that on citynewsroom.com. Mona Korte, remember her? Yes. yes. Well, she yes. says uncertainty yes. over Ophoriate's future causing CD depreciation. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's new. And mm. minority, of course, to move motion or vote of censure against Ken Ophoriate today. Plus, NDC dissolves Bono East Regional Elections Committee. Okay. So that's what's happening inside the party. If you drive around the party, HQ mm-hmm. in the afternoons. It's quite busy these days. Since mm-hmm. Monday, it's been quite busy in the afternoon. Other stories. Chinese officials provided information for Aisha Huang's arrest. That's according to a witness. Mm-hmm. NLC orders teachers, teacher unions to call off strike and cannot Damasu special prosecutor over La Bianca reports. Plus, okay. ex-staff of collapsed FMCSs um, Demand payment of salaries, other allowances. So that matter is also on the side. Still Yesterday, there. somebody sent me a very long message saying that they had not been giving anything hmm. ever since the unfortunate incident happened. Okay. Let right. me take you to the front page of the Daily Graphic. Then restructure economy around our Greek graphic MD edges policymakers. Yeah. Time for bold climate action. Abu Jinapo declares at COP27. Hmm. Mm. Review constitution, minerals law to protect national resources. Chairman uh, Sabosu advocates, and also at the uh, graphic business Stambic Bank breakfast meeting, abolish levy, Professor Bokpin. Mm-hmm. And the motorway is being fixed. As to what kind of fixing mm-hmm. it is undergoing there, but it is being fixed. 
You know the graphic reported on Monday that there were problems, mm-hmm. so it's been fixed. There's always problems on the motorway. All right, the Ghanaian Times front page. Let's clean up Ghana's political system. Kick out money launderers and foreigners from the political space. This is Mike Okwe, Professor Mike Okwe speaking. Now, the NLC has ordered striking teachers to go back to the classroom. Uh, Tema Metropolis tops 2021 district league table. The 2023 budgets, Professor Quarte calls for massive reduction in e-levy. Ghana is food sufficient. A Greek minister assures Parliament. And the Ghanaian Times is reminding us that it is 11 days to go until the World Cup you, in Qatar. You, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You. Oh, you like this. Valco sets to resume operations. That's on the back page mm-hmm. of the Ghanaian Times. Front page of the Daily Ghanaian Guide. President Kufuado urges the developed world to redeem 100 billion in climate finance. Uh, Kufuado will hand over power to a duly elected president. Kufuado denies forfeiting six months' salary. The Chronicle front page. EDC clients accuse Ecobank of robbery, but the West African Bank denies any wrongdoing. You know, there have been some people who yep, yep. there was a notice sent out to clients of EDC saying, you know, if you want your money, yeah, this yeah. is the situation, right? We'll talk about that later. Operation Halt halts operations of Galamseas and seizes 30 excavators. Jeez. Stay away from the vote of censure, NPP tells its MPs. And pictured there is the newly minted General Secretary of the NPP, Mr. Justin Kudya, who leads Ashanti NDC to election 2024. Abronia's double salary case against MPs has no merit, says the Supreme Court, and Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 26. As the thief is shamed when he is discovered, so the house of Israel is shamed. Front page of the business analyst over dependence on imported goods, we will reverse the trend of Furiata. Mm. Businesses to pay more for loans as inflation hits 40.4%. I almost had a heart attack yesterday when that hmm. report came out. Um, Facebook parent company Meta laying off 11,000 employees. Oh, goodness, the new crusading guide. NPP MP rallies support for Ekufuado and urges Ghanaians to support the president in tackling economic challenges. Operation Halt 2 seizes 30 excavators and destroys four. Disregard false claims about Anas, say his lawyers. Accept 10% reduction in commission, uh, Lotto writers. And the India High Commission surprises Sashiri also traditional council and reintroduce gardening in schools. I see. Yeah. Front page of the BNFT finally from me. ECG's debt to IPPs nears $1 billion. Oh, wow. That's a lot of money. Uh, rising fuel prices put right-hailing drivers at a loss. Fair work reports as they struggle to make ends meet. COP27 is about Africa and action. The inflation story also makes it to the front page of the BNFT. And the business finder, labor agitations tackle the root causes. Mr. Solomon Kute speaking there. 360 kilometers of 457 kilometers Eastern Corridor Road is now motorable, says Dr. Lecha. And NPA moves to avert flooding in Kufridia filling stations. Okay, if you go back online, citybusinessnews.com, they also have the inflation story. Continuous hikes in food prices uh, pushing inflation for October to hit 404 Percent. If you go to myjoyonline.com, they say don't vote against Kenoforiata. MPP orders majority MPs to abstain from censure votes. In other news, social media monitoring of law school students only an admonition, not a directive. That's according to the SRC. Law school directs students to submit social media handles for monitoring. It's also there. Fuel prices to be reduced next week. That's from hey. COPEC. Hey! 
Duncan. Yes, so Duncan is back. Duncan is, is predicting a reduction. Duncan yes. is you know, usually when we hear Duncan's, Dun- mm-hmm. sorry, Duncan's voice, we're like, hey, bidi baba. That's, this is good news. Okay, all right. Another story. South African ex-president FW declares Nobel Peace Prize medal stolen. Oh, all right. Um, other stories, if you go to starfm.com.gh, they say some Christians will still visit witch doctors for solutions. Catholic Bishops Conference, interesting, and and the MPP is directing majority the majority caucus from the vote against Ken Oforiata. And if you go international, Biden chairs better than expected midterm results. That's on the BBC's um, homepage. They they have a wrap of everything that's happened in the midterm election in the US. And US estimates two hundred thousand casualties in Ukraine war. So all that and a lot more. Plus fossil fuel delegates spike at climate summit so those are some of the stories making the rounds from an international perspective all right where do we want to begin do we want to go inflation well, well there's, a, there's a lot i mean there's parliamentary stuff there's okay no former problem. speaker speaking about the political system and why it needs to be cleaned up mm. um so where do you want to start all right off okay maybe let's let's start from parliament okay start let's from start parliament. Yes. now the um, new patriotic party um, which is the party in government as we speak, has mm-hmm. directed members of the my majority caucus to abstain from the vote of censure against Finance Minister Kenneth Oyata today. Yes. Now, the MPP said in a statement, quote, by this directive, the leadership of the majority caucus, especially, caucus, especially the whips, are to ensure that no member of the caucus partakes in this exercise by the minority group in parliament. The governing party believes that the vote of censure is, quote, ill-intended and aimed at derailing government's efforts at resolving the current socio-economic upheavals, end quote. The minority in its motion for the vote of censure cited the overall mismanagement of the economy and ethical concerns, among others. The party echoed the plea of the president, noting that, uh, which is the MPP, it echoed the plea of the uh, president, noting that Kenofriata was in the midst of negotiation negotiations with the IMF and it says quote considering the negotiation with the IMF is nearly completed the national executive body of the party strongly believes that the removal of the lead person spearheading the negotiation may adversely impact the progress made thus far so that's the update there all right let's talk about operation halt now it looks as though they have seized and destroyed some excavators you know we've been pushing um a lot on this fight against galamsey our colleague vivian kai local actually went to the, some of the Galamsey prone areas in the eastern region with the team from City, and we saw the devastation, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's going on there. But Operation Halt has halted operations of Galamseyers by seizing 30 excavators, destroying 103 Chang Fan. So personnel of the uh, personnel, sorry, of the Ghana Armed Forces deployed in the fight against legal mining or Galamsey in forest reserves and river bodies have made significant gains following the relaunch of Operation Halt 2 on Tuesday, October 11, 2022. By Monday, the 31st of October, the Operation Halt 2 teams had seized 30 excavators, destroyed four of them, and immobilized four and others on site. During a series of operations within a three-week period, the teams destroyed 103 Changfan machines, nine water pumps, five generator sets, 
two fuel storage tanks and other improvised mining equipment and structures. Additionally, the operation halt two teams, seized six motorbikes and one Moto King tricycle. The operations were conducted in various uh, areas along the banks of the rivers Brim and Pra in the southern command area of operational responsibility in the central command area. The operations were conducted um, along River Ofen as well. Following these successful operations, there's been a gradual improvement in the turbidity of these rivers in respect of arrests um, uh, in the northern command area. The Operation Hall 2 team arrested eight suspected legal miners and handed them over to the Bandang Kwanta District Police Station. The Ghana Armed Forces once again wishes to assure the general public of its commitment to the fight against legal mining in river bodies and in forest reserves and they are asking for the support of everyone. And this is in the Chronicle newspaper today. Well, Sir Chimezabos is asking for a review of the Constitution and the Minerals Law mm. to protect natural resources. Uh, he has called for a holistic review of the 1992 Constitution. He observed that such a situation would avoid thievery of the nation's resources, including mineral deposits, which, when properly harnessed, could accelerate the nation's development. Uh, he was speaking at the seminar uh, organized by IE on reviewing Ghana's 1992 Constitution, Ghana beyond the 17th International Monetary Fund, our natural, our natural resources and economic challenges, the constitutional pathway. Okay. In the center spread of the Ghanaian Times today, there's quite a bit of talk about politics and cleaning up the political system and not accepting bribes. So let's start with the former Speaker of Parliament, Professor Michael Quay. He says Ghana's political system is an impediment to its economic growth. He says it allows for rent-seeking tendencies and political financing leading to the control of natural resources. Now, according to him, um, Article 55 of the Constitution stipulates that politics in Ghana should not be funded by money launderers and foreigners, but he says the practice is highly dominant in the current political space due to a lack of sanctions against such acts. Now, he was speaking at a forum organized by the IEA, uh, Public Policy Think Tank, on the theme, again, Ghana beyond the 17th IMF, the uh, Natural Resources and Economic Challenges. So it was the same event that you just spoke about. Mm-hmm. Now, Cardinal Pierre Turkson says, don't accept money and gifts before voting for politicians. So, Chancellor of the Pontifical Academy of Sciences, Cardinal Peter Kojo, Apia Turkson, has advised Ghanaians against accepting money and gifts from politicians before voting for them. According to him, such acts amount to selling their conscience and mandate to the one in need of their votes, hence not under any, any obligation to address their socioeconomic needs. Now, he made these remarks at the annual leadership lectures of the University of Professional Studies, Accra, UPSA. He was speaking on the topic, the tragedy of the commons and leadership for the common good. Elections, the Cardinal explained, is not about gaining a trophy, but about fulfillment of the needs of the people. He said, so if we sell our conscience and mandate for gifts and other goodies, how do we expect them, politicians, to treat us? after they have paid for the services they rendered in cash and kind. He says eligible voters should rethink their actions and pick someone who would pursue their interests, goals, and aspirations. Let me take you to page 20 of the Daily Graphic and the pack page of the business analyst calls for Tema Oil Refinery to be fixed. And I'm backing those calls. Maximize capacity of Tema Oil Refinery. This is the Petroleum Chamber. Uh, the government has been advised to refocus on maximizing the capacity of TOR in the current challenge of fuel price hikes to help reduce the burden on ordinary Ghanaians. This is coming from the chairman of the Ghana Upstream Petroleum Chamber, uh, Joe Mensah. He explained that importing finished petroleum products was not good for the populace in the country because the imported finished products are very expensive and therefore not affordable. 
uh, he was speaking at a conference. Now, apart from tour, Mr. Mensah advised the government to also invest in more refineries as the country had the human resource to manage those entities. Oh, so, okay. yeah, uh, so, same call coming also on the back page uh, of the, uh, the, uh, the business analyst from Titus Glover. Uh, he says Tor must work again, and he makes reference to the president's first address where he touched on how we can produce some cheap refined petroleum products. But he says the solution lies in fixing Tor. Okay, well, for right. Tor, should we go to Valco? Okay, just yes. just a second, just a quick mm-hmm. plug in there for Tor. And Duncan Amwa, this story is on myjournal.com. Mm. Duncan Amwa, who's uh, who's with the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, okay, he's the executive secretary of the chamber. Uh, he's uh, indicated that measures are being put in place to help subsidize the rising price of fuel and that the fuel prices are likely to be reduced mm. on Monday, November 14th. Then he says, quote, we'll be expecting diesel to drop from around 23 to somewhere around 21 and petrol will drop from 17.99 to somewhere 17.10 or 17. Mm. Okay. Well, today I saw some fuel stations selling at 16. So Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about Valco. They are set to resume operations. This is on the back page of the Ghanaian Times. The Volta Aluminum Company, Valco, is set to resume operations following a successful meeting held between senior management of the company, the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources, executives of the local union, and the Industrial and Commercial Union. So the meeting was held on Monday. It was to find common ground in resolving the impasse between the management and staff over salary increment and conditions of service. As part of the roadmap to restore normalcy, the parties agreed to return to the negotiating table to continue and complete their wage negotiations. A source told the Ghanaian Times that leadership of all the key stakeholders, including the CEO of Valco, Mr. Dane Champong, and other executives, um, met and appended their signatures demonstrating their commitment to the process. Remember, Valco workers last week embarked on a strike action after they rejected a 22% salary increment. They were demanding a 65 percent increment and they were also asking for their salaries to be indexed to the dollar as their counterparts in the united states of america let me tell you about the ecg's massive debts on page three of the bnft and according to the story by thomas small adingo the ecg owes independent power producers 996 million dollars for power purchased the arrears accumulated between 2021 and this year stood at 900 million as of last may but has now risen to 996 million the debt had dropped significantly to about $400 million at a certain point last year, but has jumped close to the billion-dollar mark. Meanwhile, between January and September this year, the amount due to the IPPs was $1.5 billion, of which only $545 million has been paid, and the, uh, the IPPs are not very happy about this. Elik Pilim Kwabla Apetogbo, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the Ind- Chamber of Independence Power Producers, uh, distributors and bulk consumers has been speaking uh, about this matter and it says that if not addressed it is feared the arrears could pile up to unsustainable levels and also uh, rising fuel prices uh, worrying um, uh, you know ride hailing drivers they are saying that they are operating uh, at a loss so you can get a copy of the bnft and read that story okay now nlc the national labor commission is ordering striking teachers to go back to the classroom so they say go back to teaching all right call off the strike they further ordered unions and representatives of the government to resume engagement on issues under contention and to report back by november the 16th of this year briefing the media at a meeting with representatives of both parties yesterday in accra executive secretary of the nlc mr ofusu asamwa said although the 
unions were entitled to their concerns, the strike action is not the right procedure to seek redress. He explained that an end to the strike would enable further engagement with the government representatives on the two main demands by the unions. The commission, he said, was looking forward to an amicable resolution within the one-week period, given the two parties to deliberate on the issues. The commission agrees that the unions may have some concerns, but declaring and embarking on strike action is not appropriate. We've asked that they call it off and continue engagement with the government immediately. They have one week to report back to the commission. So let's see what okay. happens. Well, if you go to myjoyonline.com, there's a story that says um, Ghanaians have begun an online petition to the General Legal Council against his decision not to call Ghanaian YouTuber Elom Abebi, popularly known as Ama Governor, mm-hmm. to the bar this Friday, despite her successful completion of her law program. Mm. Now, Abebi received a letter from the Secretary to the General Legal Council informing her of her decision not to call her to the bar. The decision by the GLC was taken after a complaint was received from a concerned citizen alleging that she lacked good character. Now, barely a few days after... <laughs> barely a few days after an online petition circulating on Twitter uh, has already generated 8,982 signatures out of the 9,000 targeted. Now... Listen, are you serious, Nathan? What, are you reading this story? Yes. Now, listen to this. Somebody says she lacks good character. Mm-hmm. And what is the criteria for this lack of good character? I but the She was in the school. The law school didn't notice this lack of good passed, character. Ex- she yeah. passed her yeah. exam. So her she, petition she was made. Mm. The law school says they've put together a three-member committee uh-huh. to investigate the complaint. Now, as, as a nice appendix, the Ghana School of Law has asked students to submit their social media handles <laughs> For monitoring mm-hmm. to ensure that they maintain a character befitting the legal profession. Yaopon. According to the director of the school, Yaopon, this will help many students willing to be called to the bar to maintain a good character. Oh, hey. mm. He says, We are required by law to make recommendations. We don't want to stamp. And this is the recommendation that he made. Yeah. Everybody will have to provide oh. a solution. This one, yeah. Good ca- has, yeah. has this always been the Tell case that to become a lawyer, you have to go some, through some kind of good. Ca- I mean, obviously, you, maybe a criminal record might not be the best, but good character. I, I, I'm curious as to what that means. I, I don't know. What you, we, may, we may get it. We'll get into that later. We'll get into that on the show, right? Is it our Yaopong? Yes, Yaopong. This is the City Breakfast Show. The City's Biggest Conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The City's Biggest Conversation. Coming up next is the City Business News brought to us by Access Bank. Access Bank is bringing you the salary, the triple salary promo. Just switch your salary account to Access Bank's Empower Salary Account today and en- automatically enjoy free interest on payday loan, pick now, pay later loan, fly now, pay later loan and other personal loans. Just do that switch today and enjoy your life. Visit ghana.accessbankplc.com to get started or visit any of Access Bank's 53 branches all across Ghana. Or you can call to free 0800-004400 for more Access Bank, more than banking. Now, you know what makes me look forward to weekends lately? It's the joy of knowing I can just invite with my family and friends non-stop on Sundays. Enjoy MTN Sunday special by dialing star 550 hash with as low as 52 pesos. Enjoy endless conversations with non-stop talking and texting on all networks. Remember, T's and C's apply. And the City Business News is also brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, yeah, yeah, dear. And Enterprise Life. Enterprise Life is your advantage. Natalie Nettis, yes, she's got all the latest from the world of business.
Welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle Enterprise Life, your advantage, Access Bank, more than banking and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netilinetti Ajahu. Coming up, economist Professor Godfrey Bopin pushes for a re-look at the Planting for Food and Jobs program to check rising inflation, and the Ghana Union of Traders Association call for a review of the VAT flat rate. To our stories now, as the increase in food prices coupled with a rise in transport, among others, continues to push national inflation up, economist and senior lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School, Professor Godfrey Bokpeng, has reiterated calls for government to relook at some key government policies, such as the Planting for Food and Jobs program. Latest data released by the Ghana Statistical Service shows that the continuous hikes in prices of food, transport, water and other fuels have pushed Ghana's inflation rate to hit 40.4% for the month of October. Per the data, food inflation rose to 43.7% from the 37.8% last month, driven by items such as water, milk, eggs and sugar, among others. In an interview with City Business News, Professor Gottfried Bokpin notes that the development is unacceptable in an era where a program like the Planting for Food and Jobs program has been running for over five years. If you drill down and you look at the cost, the drivers, is the most concrete feedback that the government can ever get on its flagship program, Planting for Food and Jobs. And the whole talk about food security, agriculture, agribusiness. This is the proper feedback that food inflation, if you look at it, even imported inflation, fine. You can also look at local food inflation. You, you, it is a testament of, 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 of the lack of efficient implementation of our flagship programs, particularly in the area of planting for food and jobs in one district, one factory. If you look at the interventions that the country has put in place from 2011, 2012, um, uh, uh, tree planting, uh, guinea fowl, um, jida, all of that, and then coming through 2017, 2018, 2019, you can see these flagship programs that are expensively arranged, inefficiently implemented with steep fiscal costs, and yet we don't have corresponding productivity. Professor Godfrey Bokpeng is an economist. Meanwhile, the Ghana Union of Traders Associations, Guta, is attributing the frequent rise in inflation to various policies implemented by government, which is increasing the cost of doing business in the country. President of the association, Dr. Joseph Obeng, argues that policies such as the reversal of the benchmark value policy, increase in the VAT flat rate, among others, have resulted in the increase in the general cost of goods in the country. When we say prices of goods and services have gone up, people tend to come and blame their trading community. No, we are not the cause. The policies of state is also, also not helping. The benchmark values that have been increased is not helping. About 60%, it means that uh, all the, uh, the goods that we have to bring, we have to pay duties um, around that value, uh, around that increment that we are, we are facing. And so uh, uh, we are not helping ourselves. Inflation will go up and it continue to go so far as we keep on increasing the monetary policy rate, increasing uh, benchmark values left right 
knowledge center uh, it, it's not going to help we, we should help ourselves if VAT look at VAT it used to be 3% flat rate now it has gone to 19.25 and it, uh, it is also not helping about 16% increment so it's accumulation of the cost that we keep on piling over here aside of the fact that we have a global effect of the COVID and the Ukraine war, we are also not helping ourselves in this country at all. And so we are, we have to uh, look at some of these costs that we are piling up on uh, 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 on importers, on in traders, um, uh, that is compounding the problem. Dr. Joseph Abing is the president of the Ghana Union of Traders Associations. The chief executive officer of the Ghana Upstream Petroleum Chamber, David Ampofo, has called on various players in the country's energy sector to focus attention and more resources on local gas production. This, he says, is necessary to strengthen the sector and also cut down on the amount of foreign reserve that is used to import gas. As of June 2021, the amount of liquefied petroleum gas imported into Ghana reached $7.49 million. David Ampofo made a call on the sidelines of the Made in Ghana Oil and Gas Conference organized by his outfit. We've been working all these years for that, okay? And it's big investment. So we need to develop that. We need to harness our gas. Ghana has a lot of natural gas. Comes to the oil offshore. It's in deep water, okay? But we need infrastructure, the pipelines, the plants, processing plants. We need to make sure that we harness our gas, domestic gas resources, okay? I know there's been talk also about drilling LNG, importing gas. When there's a need for that, that will be fine. But we cannot forget about our own gas. It's the same as rice, right? and import rice, grow your own rice. Yeah, especially in a day, a time like this in the world where you see what's happening with our currency, we have to understand our resources, we must not underestimate. So this conference basically brings us together, we want to share our ideas, we want to hear from stakeholders, but I must leave you now because I, as you can see, it's time for me to present. I thank you. That was the CEO of the Ghana Upstream Petroleum Chamber, David Ampofo. The Association of Ghanaian Industries, AGI, is calling for clear policy direction on the importation of some products such as rice and chicken into the country. This, the association maintains, will help promote self-reliance. Speaking on the sidelines of its Accra Regional Annual General Meeting, the National Treasurer of the AGI, Rafael Aite, called on government and key stakeholders to work to change the narrative to boost exports. We appreciate that chicken and rice has more or less taken over you know, eating tables. Okay, now Ghana is currently pushing towards 400,000 metric tons of, of, of chicken a year. I mean, we are like the, the third highest importer of chicken. But if you look at history, we came from somewhere. We had Omazi poultry. Okay, we had a hatchery in addition. Okay, all these industries are gone. But there are people who are still in it. But they have serious difficulties. I mean, talking of soya, talking of maize, before the concentrate, okay, these are quite expensive for the local manufacturer. So by the time they finish, you can barely sell your chicken for even a hundred CDs to make profit, okay? If these inputs can be made available at the best prices, we have the land, we have irrigation, we have water, okay? So the supply chain needs to be reviewed. In that, we are talking about nothing less than 5,000 to 10,000 acres of land, okay? We can always learn from contract farmers who we can bring in to come and help. They share the knowledge and they leave after a couple of years. That was the, nation, the National Treasurer of the Association of Ghana Industries, AGI, Rafael Ayiti. 
The Insurance Brokers Association of Ghana is urging practitioners to ensure the delivery of tailored products to meet the demand of ordinary Ghanaians. This the association believes will simplify the technicalities surrounding insurance services and products. Speaking during a program to educate the media on the key roles of insurance brokers, President of the Association, Shaibu Ali, also entreated media practitioners to be circumspect with the kind of insurance companies they promote on their portals. We need to demystify insurance and we believe we can better do this by getting closer to the younger ones while still at school. Once we have been able to get them to assimilate what insurance is at that level, when they grow to the productive age, insurance will not be a mystery to them and buying insurance would not be a problem. Insurance is very technical extremely technical. If you don't find a way of bringing it down to the level of the consuming public, consuming public would always see insurance as a monster. And that would, in the long run, affect the penetration figures of insurance. The second role of the broker is to explain to the client and guiding them to comply with policy terms and conditions. That was the president of the Insurance Brokers Association, Shaibu Ali. Let's now check how some major currencies are faring. On the interbank foreign exchange market, where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar gained 2 pesos and is selling at 13 cities, 6 pesos. The pound lost 24 pesos and is selling at 14 cities, 86 pesos. And the euro gained 6 pesos and is selling at 13 cities, 9 pesos. However, at some forex bureaus within the capital, the dollar is selling at 14 cities, 50 pesos. The pound is selling at 15 cities, 60 pesos. And the euro is selling at 14 cities. 35 pesos. Let's now join Gideon Amunichi of Data Bank for the latest updates on the bonds market. Monday's trading session on the Ghanaian secondary bond market was dull, with total market turnover mounting to 1.06 billion Ghana cities. The 2022-2025 maturities dominated the session, accounting for 91% of the volumes traded at an average indicative yield of 44%. The data bond bond index declined, expanding the year-to-date loss to 21.94%. On demand markets, the Ghanaian Treasury will float an offer of 2.06 billion Ghana cities across the 91-day to the 3-4-day bills on Friday 11th November. At the last auction, the 91-day yield settled at 33.34%, while the 22-day yield moved up to 34.85%. The 3-4-day yield cleared at 34.80%. That was Gideon Amwenichi of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle and Enterprise Life, your advantage, Access Bank, more than banking, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netele Nete Ajaho. Have a good business day. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Seven fourteen. Up next is kickoff. Wrapping up all that is hot from the world of sports. Probably brought to us by Let's Share. And they're asking if you have, if you have updated your records. If not, get to a nearest branch and do so, so that the Ghana card now reflects on your uh, profile and on your files and all. And you can easily conduct all your transactions. Send a WhatsApp message to zero five seven four zero six five nine five eight. Or call 0302-208-333. Let's share how let's improve lives. Daniel Cranting is here. It's time for kickoff.
Good morning, it's time for kickoff here on 97.3 City FM. My name is Daniel Cranting. In the headline, former Ghana midfielder Yusuf Chipsa urges Ghanaians to stay positive about the Black Stars. Senegal forward and captain Sadio Mane is a major doubt for the World Cup. And all the latest in the Carabao Cup as Chelsea are knocked out by Manchester City. <laughs> Let's start off with the Ghana Premier League in a high court in Accra has for the fourth time adjourned a contempt case filed against the Executive Council members of the GFA by Ashanti Gold to November 17. The miners are seeking for the Executive Council members to be imprisoned for what they describe as a disregard for the dignity, respect and authority of the court after the November 17 ruling the Executive Council members will open their defence. Moving on, the Public Relations Officer of Bet Power Ghana, Ni Amashonkatai, has told City Sports that his outfit has no regrets in their decision to sponsor the Ghana Premier League. The local top flight was halted for about two weeks after an injunction was placed by a demoted Ashanti Gold Sporting Club. The court saga is now over after the Obwasi-based club withdrew their application for an injunction at the appeals court in Accra on Tuesday. According to Ashon Katai, Bet Power is happy with their investment in the Ghana League. Never, because at the end of the day, it is about the players. And that's why we, I mean, it's about Ghana football, it's about the players. Why would anybody regret sponsoring a league that is giving money to the teams and giving money to their players? We will never regret this. Never. No matter what. I mean, these are legal issues. If um, the GFA comes to us to say they are not able to organize the league again, that will be the worry. But if some people feel that they are aggrieved and they've taken the, the league to court, based on which we have to wait, we believe that People have their rights, and once it's within the remits of their, their rights, we are okay. Niyama Shonkata is the public relations officer of Bet Power Ghana. Moving on, former Ghana midfielder Yusuf Chipsa has urged Ghanaians to stay positive about the Black Stars ahead of Qatar 2022. There have been mixed reactions to reports that some key players have been dropped by Otuado in his official 26-man squad. Speaking to City Sports, Chipsa believes a positive mindset will help the team better their quarter-final finish at South Africa 2010. Positive minds and positive thinking always wins. That is good. Let's take this with us. There is only one Ghana and one Black Stars. There isn't any other one. Let's all rally behind the team and achieve something better for Mother Ghana. We're really looking forward to, to see us going beyond where we got to in South Africa. That is getting to the semis and if possible to the finals. This is our wish and we hope that the boys will deliver. You heard former Ghana midfielder Yusuf Chips are speaking there. Let's now get into our Walker Facts series today in Qatar. Ivan Ufuchumansu focuses on three players to captain Ghana at the tournament. Welcome to today in Qatar. Stephen Apia was the first player to captain the Black Stars at the World Cup. The ex-Juventus midfielder played in all three group games at the 2006 edition as Ghana was eliminated by Brazil in the round of 16. The second player to captain the Stars at the World Cup is John Mensah. The central defender led the Black Stars through the group games of the 2010 World Cup. He missed the penalty in the quarter-final shootout and Ghana was eliminated by Uruguay. Asamoah was the third player to captain Ghana at the World Cup in the 2014 edition. The striker played in all three group games, scoring twice in the process. Unfortunately, that was Ghana's most disappointing World Cup campaign as the team crashed out at a group stage. You know we're better together. 
Let's do some more World Cup-related news. And Senegal captain Sadio Mane is a doubt for the World Cup after sustaining a leg injury while playing for Bayern Munich on Tuesday. The 30-year-old came off after 20 minutes in Bayern's 6-1 win over Werder Bremen with an injury um, to the head of his right fibula. Bayern said the forward will miss Saturday's game against Schalke but will undergo further tests in the coming days. Moving on, Tottenham Hotspur and South Korea. Uh, forward Son Heung-min has assured South Korea supporters he will be fit to play the World Cup in Qatar. The 30-year-old suffered a fr- uh, fracture around his left eye during Tottenham's win over Marseille in the Champions League. He had a surgery on Friday and missed Tottenham's 2-1 defeat by Liverpool, but has come lingering injury concerns in an Instagram message. Let's now do some Carabao Cup news and there was some action last night. Wolves, they beat... Uh, Leeds United by a goal to nil. Nottingham Forest shocked Tottenham Hotspur by beating them by two goals to nil. Uh, uh, Premier League lead leaders Arsenal are out of the competition after being losing at home by three goals to one against Brighton. Tariq Lamptey was on target for Brighton. Uh, Southampton progressed to the next round after a 6-5 penalty shootout win against Sheffield Wednesday. West Ham United have been knocked out. They lost 10-9 on penalties at home against Blackburn Rovers. Newcastle progressed to the next round with a 3-2 penalty shootout victory against Crystal Palace. Chelsea, they lost um, to Manchester City by two goals to nil. Liverpool, they also progressed to the next round after a penalty shootout win against Derby county let's now hear from the managers let's hear from arsenal manager Mikel arteta after his side lost 3-1 at home against brighton two things in the pitch without the boxes and they were much more efficient than us and that made the whole difference because the moment that we were clearly on top of the game and we had the chances to to get away with the game um, we considered the goal and, um, and that changed the game Losing it is, but uh, the way the boys try it and play and uh, with the amount of changes that we have to make because of the congestion and, and we have to protect the players and give players chances, um, I'm really happy with that. But obviously, we wanted to continue on the, on the, on the competition and, and unfortunately, we are out. That was Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta speaking there. Let's now hear from Chelsea boss Graham Potter. He says he saw some positives despite his team's 2-0 loss at Man City. Yeah, I thought we were quite quite a few positives t- to be honest. I thought um, obviously we're disappointed with the result, but in terms of um, in terms of how we played, uh, created some good chances. There's um, a better structure and uh, a better performance level. The team looked closer to what we wanted it to look like. The boys had great courage. They tried um, against obviously a top team. Their keeper got the man of the match, I think, which tells a little bit of the story. But um, yeah, overall, uh, I think a step forward for us. Chelsea manager Graham Potter speaking there. Liverpool boss Jürgen Klopp, he was happy with his side's performance, especially in the penalty shootout against Derby County. Tonight about three really good penalties. They all go in the corner. So it's not that it's like a bad one and they don't hit, miss hit the ball or sl- sl- um, slip a little bit before the shoot or whatever. No, they're really good and he saved them anyway. So that's that's massive. But I think we never... We never um, Hold it back somehow, like we said, oh, we, we could not play. No, 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 he's exceptional. He's absolutely exceptional. Had now not the best season so far because he came back from holiday and was injured. Um, and it took a really long time uh, to get him back in training and back to speed. But obviously he's ready now. And the goalkeeper coaches are just doing an incredible job. He's there. And if, I'm pretty sure he would say it exactly the same. It's their product. Uh, because what they do with him and the, the goalie they develop is a modern goalie. 
That was Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp speaking there, bringing an end to kickoff here on 97.3 City FM. My name is Daniel Cranting. For more sports news, visit citysportsonline.com. Kickoff was brought to you by the chef. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. The City Breakfast Show. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. The concern is your message is on 0549-986-996. 11th or 10th of uh, November 2022. Let, let, a few birthday messages. Let me read this one. This one says, uh, Happy birthday, wifey. Thank you for being the reason for my smile, I love you so much. May God bless you forever and always. Words will never be enough to say how much you mean to me. The kids and I say, God bless you. Happy birthday, Ivy Baba Sam, Zenith Bank Premier Towers. This is coming from your husband, Benjamin Patawa. So today's Patawa's wife's birthday. So Mrs. Patawa, technically. I also have another one. Um, yeah. Actually, let me add my voice to the Patawa one because Patawa has been supplying me jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Patawa is your jersey supplier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to say a happy birthday to uh, Rafael Selom Ativo. Okay. He's a lawyer with, uh, no, he's with Cleveland Tove. He's a lawyer, so he's with Cleveland Tove mm. as an investment company. Happy birthday from his wife, Araba. 
and his siblings. Message, we love you and we are proud of you. And uh, I want to add my voice as an Odadi. It's a as well. Okay. So, Ralph, enjoy your day and let number seven give you solace. <laughs> let number seven give you solace. Only the descending will understand. <laughs> uh, this one says, uh, Happy birthday to Rosemont Alote, Republic Bank, Achimota mm. Branch. You are a true definition of a virtuous woman and an amazing wife from Edward Alote. And the kids. Birthday wishes uh, to Papa Kwame Osei, uh, freshest BC candidate <laughs> uh, of Christian Homeschool. His brother celebrated his birthday uh, about uh, a week and a half ago. Uh, today it's his birthday. And this is okay. coming from your mom, and she says, Our first pride and joy. You know, firstborn. Yeah. Our first pride and joy. Immeasurable blessings all the days of your life, Papa. Love you till eternity and beyond. This is coming uh, to you, Papa, from your mother and your brother, from myself, from Auntie Brago, and everybody else. Uh, but I thought he finished BC. Yeah, so he's done. Uh, so first BC. Uh, Papa, I've got surprises coming your way too. <laughs> Today. Party time. Party time. Alright, this one says Happy Fifth Birthday to Frederick Mate Donolo Etiam Abe. Mm-hmm. We love you so much, our firstborn from your parents Nayo and Apioko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the name. What's the name again? Frederick Mate Donolo Etiam Abe. Charlie. Only Apioko will give it. It's like <laughs> a royal title. Mm. <laughs> like Brulo. Uh, <laughs> Don't so, know. Yeah. Uh, Apioko, you're a big one. Yeah, so that's coming from Nayo and Apioko. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful. Seven thirty-five. still the city breakfast. You can send your messages on zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. This morning we'll have a, a brief chat with the government statistician. Yesterday he dropped the latest inflation number. Charlie, some of it. He, he, he wasn't smiling, crowd. Charlie, me hard. If he is not smiling, we what we do? Charlie, he dropped the percentage. Then my head said to do something. Forty point four. Tell you. So we'll, we'll talk to him and try and understand, you know, the, the the stories behind the numbers and what exactly is going on. But if you're an enterprise customer, this recognition is for you. Now, four of enterprise's subsidiaries, Enterprise Insurance, Enterprise Life, Enterprise Trustees and Acacia in their respective positions as top companies in Ghana's Club 100. Again, in the recent CIMG Awards, Enterprise Insurance was retained in the CIMG Hall of Fame for the sixth straight time. And Enterprise Life was adjudged the Life Insurance Company of the Year and Enterprise Trustees, the Corporate Trustees Company of the Year. We dedicate these awards to you, our valued customers. Dream big with us. Enterprise is your advantage. Now, who can you call your true friend in times of uncertainties? We are SIC Life are your true friends for life. The SIC Life Final Journey Plan provides immediate cash out to meet the funeral expenses of beneficiaries and covers as many as 12 persons. The policy gives you a maximum cover of 50,000 CDs. You could also enjoy 15% cashback payments of the last three years. So get on the SIC Life... Um, Final journey plan today. Call 0302-750-151 or send a WhatsApp message to 0501-456-983. Visit siclife.com.gh or get to them on their social media handles at SIC Life Ghana. SIC Life, absolute peace of mind. 
And which of course your favorite cocoa beverage mm. made from the finest Ghanaian cocoa and it's back with the national essay competition. There's a hundred thousand CDs worth of cash prizes to be taken away by a junior high and upper primary pupils now what that is supposed to do they're supposed to write an essay describing five things they would like to see to help improve access to basic education in ghana the essay must be written and should not be less than 750 words for junior high pupils and 600 words for upper primary pupils now submit your essay together with empty packs of either ritual 1 kg or 500 gram or five packs of ritual 20 gram and complete contact information to select advantage points across the country deadline for submission of entries is the 19th of november you can visit cadbury's cadbury ritual facebook and instagram pages for more details Now, like like I said, you know, yesterday the new inflation figures dropped for October. It was forty point four, forty point four percent. That's crazy. Um, but if you go back, say to Tuesday, we're kind of, I mean, just the the, the, the is a very interesting story. Just focusing on the construction industry. Of course, we went into a conversation about the construction industry suffering and the knock-on effects on the economy. But if you just look at hmm. the prices of the things in that space, yeah. you see that they have increased dramatically, yeah. right? Yeah. And of course, what is inflation? Inflation just looks at the rates at which prices go up, hmm. goods and services, the rates at which they go up. Now, check this out, okay? Hmm. Now, if you wanted to buy high tensile iron rod, for example, mm-hmm. some time back it was 4500 then it moved up to 6,500 to 8,500. When you say some time back, is it like it, a year ago? Is it okay, let's say within four months. So oh. let's say within four months, right? Four months. Within four months, we went from 4,500 mm. to 6,500 mm-hmm. to 8,500 hey. and now to 11,500. In the same year? In the same year. Hey. Okay, in the same year. High, so just. High tensile. So just iron rods. Mm-hmm. Iron rods. Mm-hmm. Okay, now if you. If you look at cement, cement we've been talking about, so some mm-hmm. you, we can relate. Yeah. Okay. Fifty CDs from it went from less than fifty CDs a bag mm-hmm. to between eighty and eighty-five CDs. So this fifty was also at the beginning of the year. Yes, let, let's say about four months ago. I, I oh, okay. Let's so, say for, so let's say yes, yeah. between April and, and now, right? Wow. Now somebody's being quoted here. The person says, for example, in Abetifi. Within a week, the price of sand that was 1800 went to 2500 Now it's 3100 Within what? Within So within a week. Are you kidding me? Yeah. A week. <laughs> now they are quoting Simon uh, Sawetete. He's, okay. a con- he's a contractor. Mm-hmm. Now sand went from 1800 to 2005 to 3001 Wow. Okay. okay. Now chippings, for example, went up from 3000 cities mm-hmm. to 4500 and it's currently selling at 5,500. So, so most of these things you're saying are within the year and the construction sector. Yes. I wonder whether the same can be said of other sectors because you know inflation measures a bag of goods. Yes. Um, the BNFT sort of, uh, um, the, the, yeah. the, the report sort of give you the, the five key drivers. The five key drivers. <laughs> so basically, um, across the 13-year divisions with year on year, mm. uh, you have housing, uh, water, electricity, uh, housing, uh, water, electricity, gas, and other fuels, they're leading by 69.6%. That's followed by furnishings. 69.6%. That's like 70%. Yes. Mm. So, followed by furnishings, 
uh, household equipment and routine household maintenance. That's at 55.7%. Transport at 43, uh, 46.3%. And personal care, social protection, and miscellaneous goods and services at uh, 45%. Then you have food and non-alcoholic mm-hmm. beverages at 43 Just be clear. So you're saying that the highest drivers include housing, water, and mm-hmm. what? Um, that's uh, housing, water, electricity, mm-hmm. gas, and other fuels. Is it in the same group or different? That's group? what it does. Yes. Housing. Yes. Water, electricity. Yes. That would be in the same. That's the same. But I think group. gas and fuel will be separate. Yeah, but they put them in the same category. No, they didn't. I think they said they both rose by the same amount. Because you can't have housing and gas and electricity. You can't have housing and fuel in the same. Okay, city. then perhaps. So, so, so the way so, the story is written. So, so let, let's look at this. The people themselves, when they release their thing, so it's housing, water, electricity is one. Mm-hmm. 69%. Mm. Then uh, fuel and gas is also 69%. Do, do you follow me? Mm-hmm. Then the transport is 46. Then household equipment is 55. So my point is that housing and uh, what you... Because you just mentioned construction, right? Yes. So, I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Let's, let's, yes, let's get to the line. Categorized because even here they did the same. Okay. You, let's, let's get to the line. Let's speak to uh, Professor Samuel Enim, who's the government statistician. Yeah, I wonder yeah. why. He and his uh, people at the office work the numbers. Yeah. They study these things. So, we can get some clarity. Um, Professor Nim, good morning. Welcome to the City Breakfast Show. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show. Many, many thanks uh, for your time. Um, we were just, you know, having a conversation and, and you know, just having a, a just a chit-chat about all of these things. Now, the Daily, uh, not the Daily, the Ghanaian Times, sorry, on Tuesday looked at the construction sector, for example, and marked out a lot of the increases in a lot of the things used in that space. Yesterday, your outfit put out the latest inflation numbers for October, for example. Now, um, does the Ghana st- how does the Ghana Statistical Service just measure these changes? And for construction, for example, did you factor that into your working in putting out the latest inflation numbers? Um, thank you very much. We are always delighted when um, you guys engage with the data at the disaggregated level because clearly the aggregated figure mask the details that we have with the release. So we compute the consumer price index and rate of inflation with an order of the product. So we first release the headline figure, which obviously puts together everything, and do disaggregation based on food and non-food, and whether it's based on locally produced items or imported items. Within the domain of non-food items, we can spread it out to other 12 categories, which gives us the 13 divisions. So we have the 13 divisions, which we have food and non-alcoholic beverages as one, and the other 12 divisions include things like housing, water, electricity, gas, and other fuel as one component, the second component being furnishings, household equipment, and routine household maintenance, transport, personal care, social protection, and miscellaneous goods, and so on. So we have the 13 divisions, and further down, we disaggregate the 13 divisions into 44 groups. So, for instance, we'll further break down the housing, water, electricity, gas, and other fuels into different groups. And we have 44 of them. Do a further breakdown to 98 classes, a further breakdown to 156 subclasses, and a further breakdown to 307 items. 
So currently, Ghana Statistical Service measures consumer price index rate of inflation based on 307 items. I need to indicate that for all these 307 items, we have their relative weight, which is the share of expenditure that households put on these um, goods and services. Of these 307 items, because of different brands, so for instance, if you take imported rice, which is an item, we can have imported rice as in Gino, imported rice as in um, any of the other imported rice that we could think about. So mm-hmm. if you do the further grants of these 307 items, we collect data on a monthly basis on about 48,000 um, products. But we do not compute CPI and rate of inflation at the product level. If, sorry, at, at the brand level, that's okay. at 48,000 level. We do that, as I said, based on the hierarchy from 13 divisions to 307 um, items, the hierarchy that I explained um, earlier on. Prof, just to clarify something. So you said there's initially one, you do food and non-food, and then you do local and imported. Then under non-food, you have 12. Yes. Okay. Now, those 12, I find that the categorization is very unwieldy because you have housing, electricity, gas, and other fuels. How does housing and fuels get into the same set? Because I felt... Fuel is such a specific set. In, I mean, fuel prices are such an important driver of other costs. And housing is such a specific area of, ex, of, of spending. How are you able to put them into one group? So, um, Bernard, as I indicated, you, I'm pretty excited you are discussing the disaggregate. So, beyond the 13 classes, the divisions that you've talked about, where we have housing, water, electricity, gas, and other fuels as one group, Below that, you can subcategorize this at the 44 groups level. Beyond the 44 groups, so I can now tell you what goes into housing, what goes into water, what goes into electricity, what goes into gas, and what goes into other fuels. And we don't end at the 34 groups. We further do it at the class level where we have 98, so at the group level where we have 98, um, sorry, 98 classes. So we can do the subclassification. Um, up to the item level of 307. So yesterday when we did the release, although we, we said housing, water, electricity, and gas was um, 69%, we provided a slide in our release that gave the year-on-year change for diesel, which is a okay. component of that, which on a year-on-year basis, it had gone up by 1056 Wow, interesting. So, so um, this the the categorization at the forty four uh, different group level is that available? If if we want that to study for our own um, purposes, is that available for us? Yes, we can do that on request. We don't put it out when we are doing the release. So when we are doing the release, we end at the division level, which is the thirteen groups. I see. But, 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 but in terms of the times that we are in, do you not think that? that 44 is actually the more relevant unit because the categorizations, again, are very big. And I know for your purposes, you want to make things simple. But there are specific drivers of... Uh, for for like me, fuel. like as you said, diesel is such an important component of construction. It's a very key important of manufacturing because a lot of the plants use diesel. So diesel deserves to stand alone. Gas, LPG, deserves, deserves to stand... I mean, I mean, I'm not a statistician, but I'm just saying... Do we, are, we are not in ordinary times, so maybe you may want to 
in, and, and of course, I know you've, you've even improved the way you, you share your information with infographics and everything else. But I feel that in times like this, with the way people are feeling the pinch of inflation, to give it more believability, you may want to actually publish the specifics so that people can know exactly and compare. Because one of the things that we keep hearing is that, uh, how can you say inflation is 40%? I mean, Nathan just read that a, 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 a trip of something from informants had increased by over three times. Right? So maybe... The, the the service may want to take a second look at what you communicate because you want the public to know that you are actually on the money? Bernard, you are absolutely right. The only difference between what we are doing and what you are saying is how we are approaching it. We are very sensitive to the technicalities when it comes to the weight. So yesterday, we provided 20 items that have seen the highest change. And why we do not want to put all the 44 out there is once people begin to say, let's say, about about 44 items have seen changes more than 50%, and rate of inflation is 40.4%, they'll begin to question why that. Not relating it to the fact that if an item has changed by, let's say, 200% or 150%, and it has a weight of, let's say, 0.1%, its contribution to the overall inflation will be um, less significant. So yesterday, what we put out there, for instance, we said diesel, which had gone up by 155.6%, has a weight of 0.2%. Petrol that had gone up by 111.9% had a weight of 1.4%. I was a bit hesitant putting out the 20th item, sorry, the 19th item, because that has to do with instant noodles and pasta, which had gone up by 78.9%, but Bernard, it has a weight of only 0.1%. So you're going to see other items here that would have recorded a change of, let's say, 10%, a change of 20%, with way higher than the top 20 as we put out there. And that is why we want to put it out there in piecemeal so that people will just suppose the price changes with a relative weight. All right. So, fair enough. Last, this October has been very challenging for people. So I'll give you a personal example. We're going to buy something from one of the furniture shops, and we went on a Thursday, and they mentioned the amount. When we went on Monday with the money, they said the thing had gone up. There was an, an extra 2,800 cities we needed to add to the thing, which was around 8,000. So it's like 10,000 something. Now, does your inflation measure measure these type of things in, in terms of the speed? With, in fact, one of the shops told us they don't even write the, the price of the item on the good anymore. When you come, you call us, and then we check our system, and then we mention it for you. I mean, is this not what people consider hyperinflation? I, I, I wouldn't get into the conversation on hyperinflation now, but I'll just walk you through the processes and when we collect the data. Let me precede that by indicating that hopefully next week as we celebrate our African Statistics Week, we're going to launch a product where people can calculate their own personal inflation based on their basket of goods that they consume. So we always need to keep in mind that this is an average prices of general goods and services. If your consumption basket is skewed towards items that have seen much higher increases but have less weight, you're going to see an inflation higher than what we publish. But we are taking the average weight based on living standards and the 307 items. So we always have to keep in mind that different groups of people, urban, rural, poor, rich people, would experience different levels of 
price changes, upward price changes, not necessarily the, related to the overall inflation. Related to the point that you've made in terms of prices increasing in um, October, we collect our monthly prices in the first week of the month. So, for instance, for the release that we did yesterday, the data was collected in the first week of um, October. Whatever changes that occurred between the second week and the fourth week of October, that effect would reflect when we do the November release. So as we speak now, we are very sensitive to the price changes that occurred in terms of fuel that occurred in the first week of November. So although we did a release yesterday, which was nice, definitely whatever effect that the price changes would have come by with in the first week of November wouldn't have reflected in the release that is a 40.4 percent that we we, uh, we released yesterday. Mm. Great. Um, typically, when you put out your 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 data, we know the what. So inflation has gone up 40.4 percent. In the previous month, it was around 37%. But do you put out the why? Why are we experiencing these increases over time? Why are the prices of goods and services skyrocketing almost daily? I'll I'll provide a response at two levels. I mean, definitely we do the what what the inflation figure is. And I would say to an extent, we do the why. And why I say to an extent is that anytime you think about the why, Pardon me if I'm going to sound a bit technical here. You need to think about the deterministic part. That is, when you are doing the calculation, what really accounted for the figure that you have. And that is what we can explain. Because as we've talked about in the past 10 minutes, once you are putting out the figure, we look at the disaggregate. So, for instance, now you can clearly see that housing, water, electricity, and gas, and other fuels contributed um, significantly. We also look at the weight, and we can say that food contributed significantly. But the undeterministic part, the functional part, is where variables that we do not capture data on, but we, we are certain that they have passed through effects on some of the disaggregates. A typical example and what is in the uh, media space is the role of exchange rate. So definitely the role of exchange rate influences inflation. But we are not, as Ghana Statistical Service, able to specifically say that this is the extent, I mean, based on our release, this is the extent to which exchange rate is impacting on the current inflation rate. You can only do that through a functional relationship and then say that, okay, as I said, I don't want to get technical. You control for all the other things and say that this is the extent to which exchange rate passes through, let's say, rent. Exchange rate passes through, let's say, any of the other subcategories that we talked about all the imported items, and eventually influences um, our inflation rate. Mm. Is I, this yeah, so, so, so I, I get the point, but the, I think the other question is, again, we are not in ordinary times, and, you know, I listened to your lecture. You're saying academics have to change and stuff like this. Do you feel the statistical service can be more proactive in the way it, I mean, the BOG does what it does from its side, okay? And statistical is such a, a big institution with so many professionals, and you measure important things like inflation, do you feel you need to be more prescriptive in your... I mean, because, you, I mean, you've said it... If, if, if you said to us that you've measured inflation since records started, and so you are in a position of authority to tell Ghana that, when we disaggregate the fact, we think that your dependence on imports or your this or that or the other is what is driving the numbers, and therefore do this. Do, do, do you not feel that 
you, you have the, I won't say right, but... Locus. Yeah, you have the locus to do that because you have all the data. You are the official person who looks at the numbers carefully. You are objective. So you should be able to add your voice to the discourse beyond simply coming to say inflation is 40%, which a lot of people say, yeah, we already know. So what's your problem? Do you, do you answer my question? No, no, I, I perfectly understand it, and I share that concern, and that is why now Ghana Statistical Service would have, I say would have because we are going through the process, would have a public policy. But, Bernard, ahead of that, what we did last month was to bring together all those that, all the media guys that sit around when we are doing the release. And this conversation that we, we, we've just had, I got somebody from academia to engage them on how we should have the conversation around it. The reason why Ghana Statistical Service has not been very um, prescriptive is that once you get into the policy-making space, of which Ghana Statistical Service for now is not within the, po- uh, the policy-making space, we are unable to touch on the details of it. Let me give you an example. Anybody who takes exchange rate um, figures in the last 20 years, 30 years, and takes our inflation figures in the last 20, 30 years, can simply make an attempt to estimate the extent to which exchange rate is impacting on our inflation. I mean, you can easily do that, get a figure of like 30%. That figure will not be accurate if simultaneously you don't know what the other MDAs are doing. So, for instance, exchange rate will not work in isolation in terms of its impact on inflation. Money supply would impact inflation, food would impact inflation, what transport is doing would impact inflation, what housing is doing would impact inflation. So we really need to have that inter-ministerial engagement to simultaneously know the interventions that are being put in place and then also how the market is reacting before one can be be prescriptive and say that if you hold all these other things constant, we should be in your model. This is the extent to which exchange rate is impacting on inflation. We should also be mindful of the fact that, and here I'm speaking as an academic, we should also be mindful of the fact that inflation also influences um, exchange rate. It is not a unidirectional effect where we say that it's exchange rate that is impacting inflation. But once you think about it holistically, people's expectations about inflation is making them behave in a way which is affecting the exchange rate. So it's a conversation that requires an interministerial engagement with all the relevant policy initiatives that are underway taken into the, into the modeling. Just a quick question. When I looked at the top six drivers of inflation in your 13 product categorization, a few things jump at me. I, I, some of the things influence others. So, for example, you have um, the, the first one being housing, water, electricity, gas, and other fuels. Fuel obviously influences transport, right? And then transport also influences food. Mm. All right. Mm. How, so first question, how do you ensure you don't do double counting? Because if fuel goes up, it will affect transport. If transport goes up, it will affect food. Second point of note is that of the top six drivers, food was the lowest. But still, it is much higher than the average of 40. All right. So, mm. and when I look at the top six, it seems to me as if these should have a lot of weight. I don't know what else is in the 12, because if food is higher than 40, personal care, social protection, miscellaneous higher than 40, Transport is higher than 40. Household furniture, equipment higher than 40. And then housing and fuel is higher than 40. Again, we learned in school that if your next marginal is higher than your previous, then the average goes up. So, 
just quick, some quick thoughts on what what is going on with these top six drivers. Just a, a little more elaboration. Thank you, and I, I can't stop saying that I'm really happy you are bringing up these issues. Anytime we are doing the release, we make a categorical statement that the hierarchy is ordered in a mutually exclusive manner. And what that simply means is that if I take an item out of the 307 items and I put it in one subclass, it cannot go into any other subclass. If I take an item from the subclass, the 156 subclasses, and I put it in any of the 98 subclasses, it wouldn't reflect in any other um, of the 98 classes. So by so doing, double counting would never occur. And that is what enables us to carefully um, estimate or calculate the inflation rate for the 13 divisions. Having said that, we always talk about the pass-through effect. So you are absolutely right, and that is what we keep saying, that assuming there is an increase in utility, it would definitely in subsequent months have a pass-through effect. In the current month, from the computational point of view, there wouldn't be any double counting. But once you increase fuel prices like diesel and you get to transport bus fares, its effect would occur in the subsequent month. So the kind of analysis that we are trying to put out there is getting a better understanding of if you increase petrol by one Ghana city, how many months would it take to fully exhaust the pass-through effect of the different interrelations that you've identified, such as its effect on transport, its effect on the prices of all the other commodities, i.e. restaurants, information, and all that. Because it is key for all the other um, categorizations. But double counting would never happen because of the mutually exclusive um, characterization for competing um, CPI and rate of inflation. Mm. Uh, Professor Lim, just uh, one last question before we let you go. Um, Monacote, former deputy finance minister, um, has, I mean, she's asserting that we've had inflation increasing consecutively for 17 months. I mean, how, how true is this? And in terms of inflation numbers, when, when was, what was the highest Ghana has ever experienced in, in, in the last, say, 25 to, to 30 years or over a period? Okay, I need to double check that, but my, my, on top of my head, the recollection that I have is that we started seeing this increase in October 2021 and okay. up to now. So I think in September there was, um, we, there was stability. So we cannot count from anything um, before October 2021. And based on that, we can okay. talk about a 13, a 13, 12 month, um, mm. consistent increase okay. in the rate we did record something slightly higher than that in 2013-2014 okay. where we saw about 14-15 months consistent increase um, in the rate of inflation. But please, given the conversation that we've had, mm-hmm. let me further clarify that. You recall we did rebasing in 2018 okay. and recently we redistributed the weight to reflect the 16 other, sorry, the six new regions that we've had. Right. And anytime we do that, we do backcasting. And what backcasting means is that we look at the, the computation that we've done and change the previous um, inflation rate to reflect whatever rebasing that we've, we've done. So simply okay. what we are saying is that if prior to 2018, we had, let's say, 267 items, and now we have 307 items, the 267 that are still 
part of the 307 items, which can recalculate their inflation rate based on the change in basket. Okay. So I'm just saying this so that we keep in mind the change, the backcasting that we've done to reflect the rebasing and the redistribution of the weight. Okay. I just wanted to find out, um, is 40.4 the highest we've ever done as a country or we've, we've, gone, more, we've gone higher than that? Oh, we've definitely recorded higher rates, I mean, during the 1980s, early okay. 70s, we had interest rates skyrocketing over 100%. But I'm always circumspect in doing this comparison because okay. of the earlier explanation that yeah, I gave you yeah. in terms of the basket and the rebasing exercise. Okay. Prof, thank you so, so much. That was mm-hmm. Professor Samuel Enim. He's the government statistician. Always, have, whenever he can, he's, he's, he's very ready and willing to speak to us. So, um... So at least now you have a better understanding of some of these numbers and you have a better understanding of how they come up with some of these numbers. But I'm happy that he highlighted the fact that there's a 44 44 good or service categorization they do. And that is where, you know, if we get that. I mean, like you said, we can ask him and then he'll share it with us too. Mm -hmm. But it's, um, it's time for tech and social media trends. And that segment is brought to us by... By our friends at Vodafone. Now, for many of us, social connections get us through the day, which is why Vodafone's refreshed red offers now give you so much value. Dial star 200 hash and enjoy longer conversations with friends and family on networks and the freedom to purchase bundles for others to keep them connected for longer. Dial star 200 hash today and enjoy the best value. Vodafone, further together. It's also brought to you by Cal Bank. Shop online or in-store using our range of debit and prepaid cards. Visa, Master card and gh link to learn more about digital solutions and discount partners call 0800 500 500 calbank forward together and i is back with the segment then i'll we'll start with ama governor mm. <laughs> uh-huh. she's a governor. youtuber okay she's also in law school okay um, brilliant girl she went to achimota school i see it looks like she will not be called to the bar Yes, a complaint was made about her character to the General Legal Council. So it looks like they are going to deny her. Uh, But you see, if you and if you read the provisions that uh, they are using to do this thing, it says a person shall be qualified for enrollment if he satisfies the General Legal Council a that he is of good character and that he holds a qualifying certificate granted. Under part two of this act, mm-hmm. so that is the perhaps the exams. Uh-huh, yeah. And he also says that general legal council shall, from time to time, hold formal meetings at which uh, the duly qualified applicants shall enroll and be called to the bar. But the council may use their discretionary to dispense the formalities under the section in any particular case. So the word discretion. Uh, the, the, it's, the, it's the good character part for me. I'm just curious as to what the criteria is to determine that someone is of good character. Is it because the person wears a bikini on social media? Is it because of certain words the person posts? Is it because of certain viewpoints the person holds? What exactly does good character mean? And, you know, uh, well, we understand they're asking for other applicants to also submit their social media handles for scrutiny. But again, it would be nice if we had an idea of what good character constitutes. And and on, on that, the SRC says it's not true. It says no student uh, has been asked to submit their 
social media handles for scrutiny. Ah, the SRC is that's, that's, that's what the SRC is saying. That's what the SRC is saying. But you see online publications saying that, oh, it's not mandatory. SRC says it's not true. It's not true. Ah, okay, if SRC says it's not true. Okay, so, so then we stick with I'm a governor's particular case then. Yes. Let's stick with that. Let We are just curious. We'd like to know, to know GLC, what constitutes good character for someone who wants to become a lawyer. Please tell us. So come out and we'll tell you later. Well, let's keep it. This country is run by lawyers. So. <laughs> Have you seen the state of this country? This one. Ghana. <laughs> it is run by lawyers. Have you seen the state of it? Lawyers of good character. <laughs> There's this video on social media. Eh? Mm-hmm. Internet is not small. So it's a mate uh-huh. and a passenger. Uh-huh. They are fighting. Uh-huh. But let's rewind. Let me tell you the, the genesis of the fight. So the guy boards the Trotsky. Yes. And he asks the mate the, the fare. Mm-hmm. The mate says, 8 CDs, 50 pesos. Mm-hmm. The guy says, oh, but yesterday I paid 7 CDs, 50 pesos. Mm-hmm. The mate says, no lie. This is the new mm-hmm. fare. And he begs the mate. He says, see, I don't have one Ghana. Mm-hmm. So you, I beg you, you take this 7 Ghana, 50 pesos. Mm-hmm. The mate is reluctant. He's doing, ah, I don't want to take it. The driver says, see, you just take it. It doesn't matter. Tomorrow when he comes, he'll pay 8 CDs, 50 pesos. So the guy says, oh, thank you, mate. So they are going, they are going, they are going, because of the potholes and things. This is it's boy road. This <laughs> <laughs> is boy road. You know, ah, they are going, ah, then this guy has taken his bag. He has opened his zip. He has removed meat pie from his bag. Uh-huh. Then they are in traffic. <laughs> Burkina. <laughs> then the guy buys Burkina one CD. <laughs> and he says, hey. Ah. Ah. Wait, I don't believe this story. Because, no, no, because no, you can't finish. buy Burkina one CD, can oh. you? It will be more. No, you Are you sure? The tiny one is still yeah. one CD. The small one. Put this in the rubber bag. Yes. Okay, so that's the, the one CD one. They miss the head. This guy. <laughs> ah, then he turns. He says, ah, isn't this a guy who says he doesn't have one CD? Yes. The guy is trying to explain that me to see. The budget thing, it is seven Ghana, 50 pesos for fee. Uh-huh. <laughs> one CD, no. The meat pie, I brought it from the house. But the Burkina? The Burkina, no. You see the Burkina? I can't eat the meat pie raw. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> the meat say, no, no, no. You pay. All of a sudden, blows over. The fuck? Give me your blows. The meat say, give me my one CD. You are drinking Burkina, you can't give me my one CD. Give me my one CD. Sadio Mane is also trending. Right. Oh, Hugo. When I saw the when I saw the reporter, they say he is out of the vocab. I was laughing. Where? Senegalese said we don't re- we don't re- uh, 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 respect the the report of Bayern Munich. Bring the player. We will do our own assessment. <laughs> the, tradition, the traditional healers association are having a, a meeting. Oh. Two days, he'll be fine. <laughs> Two days, he'll be fine. Son Hume, he has also told the South Koreans, <laughs> don't worry, don't mind these people. I'll be there. Don't worry at all. But, you see, Twitter, some tech news, Twitter, uh, some time ago, was it? Yeah, last week. Mm-hmm. They cut off some of their workers. Facebook, Meta, also mm-hmm. doing the same thing. The owners of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. They are cutting off 13% of their workforce. Wow. So it's about 11,000 employees. So 11,000 people are going to be jobless by the end of the week uh, who are employed by Meta, of course. Charlie, times are hard. 11,000 people who are fighting over one city broken up. Our second social media trend is brought to us by Cowbank and Vodafone. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. 
the nation is full of surprises. Be seen that we still live in crisis. Can't a man to cook off and yama prices. If you force some play one with tactics, and then I doom so watching on a pipe. Tony Yamasu and the Yedum the five. Fellow Galon, I save you with life. When you and Yadi, I want to be into our tights. Go from Pongoso, Namako Fapro, Process of Koya, and your buyer the draw. Parliament and Fuana Moboya, bro, Mijigana, Honto, my capio to a bell raw. You call your name and I eat. We'll be a chance and the boss will be in the deep. Cause the canoe law could be shasu. Trot rock crass are your foot on the sea. Petrol, you are too too much. But to make the bottle could have one person waiting to become. Casapra could chance to see the boom into Yeni could be able to share to the dome of Antonia Yamawa Chassi. If you ask you, will be anyone what it. The chance for a way of a patracia, I hope they be a dollar and you know what Internet a bonnet young collapses. Sikenia would need Mujia was Yajish. Economy in the moon to Sukris. A container Ghana for the doing PDSTV pocket money. The other Kokraso. 815. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. Sending your messages on 0549 986 996. But Koki has a few things to share with us. Yeah, well, you stand to gain more when you bank at GCB. GCB, your biggest bank, is giving salary account customers more in the GCB gain more promo. Uh, so you can switch or open a GCB salary account today. When we say more, we mean you get up to 300,000 Ghana CDs as a loan and it's at competitive interest rates and you repay it in 60 months at reduced upfront fees. So you pay no monthly fees for 6 months. Remember, the promo lasts until April 2023. Terms and conditions apply. GCB, your bank for life. In this day and age where rent charges are astronomical, cost of land for building is skyrocketing and landlords are giving tenants a hard time, owning a decent affordable home is not a luxury but a necessity. Ugo Flip is here to make the home ownership journey realistic, fun and more affordable than you can imagine. It's a real estate gaming company that rewards houses as prizes in three easy steps. One, log on to www.ugoflip.com. Two, register with the phone number or email address. And three, buy as many tickets as possible. You stand a chance of winning a house at Pram Pram or weekly game prizes or one of the many consolation prizes. And what makes the Ugo Flip's win big game unique is that even if you don't win the ultimate prize, which is always a house, Ugo Flip will reward you with loyalty points equivalent to $3 per ticket. These points, when accumulated, will be used as a down payment toward buying your next home with us or with other affiliated property developers. So earlier you where we spoke to the government statistician, Professor Samuel, uh, a name and I was asking him something about inflation and you know for how many months straight were we experiencing a rise um, I attributed that to Mona Corte now Mona Corte was on eyewitness news yesterday now she says inflation rates recorded over the past months uh, put Ghana in the category of highly indebted poor countries now yesterday remember the statistical service announced the new inflation rate 40.4% for the month of October the service added that food and non-food inflation also rose to 43.7% and 37.8% and Monacote said the government had to take responsibility and roll out measures to cushion Ghanaians we all listened to the Ghana statistical service um, and the data that they put out for October 40.4% that is um, an increasing annual inflation rate for the 17th month straight. It hasn't even uh, curbed a little and then gone back up, but it's just been going up for 17 months straight. 
up until October that they tell us that it's now 40.4%, uh, having moved 3.2% from last month. It's actually the highest reading since July of 2001, which is slightly uh, before hippic days, if you recall. So there's no doubt that we are basically back in hippic times. We are back in the times where we were classified as a highly indebted poor country. And in fact, we've been classified as a country that has high distress debt. So there's no no uh, doubt that we are in very dire circumstances. In fact, the president himself has admitted to the fact that we are in an economic crisis. This crisis, of course, has um, implications for social um as it were, stability and so forth. And we are all feeling it in our pockets. I was um, listening to the differentiation between food and non-food inflation. I see non-food at 36.8 and food at 37, sorry, and food now at um, 43.7. I mean, that is seriously high. And of course, because of the depreciation of the city, we see imported food at 43.7 and locally produced food at 39.1%. These are all high numbers, no matter how you slice it. And the big question is, what is driving all this and what is bringing about this situation? Um, There's no doubt that the city depreciation is based on uncertainty. And one of the uncertainty is the future of us maintaining our finance minister, Mr. Ken Furiata. The, the world, the markets are looking and wondering why we will continue to keep a, a finance team that has uh, implemented economic policies that have failed domestically, have failed. So um, that uncertainty is feeding into uh, the depreciation rate and, of course, then into the imported food items. Our locally produced foods also have a lot of imported raw materials to create some of them. I mean, really, when we look at even our staple, uh, today our staple is rice, it's imported. Onions, tomatoes, they are imported. Unless we look at cassava, then we can find some local figure for it. But we all know that even from the COVID time, the price of gari and cassava went up a bit. You mentioned what President Mahama talked about in his tweet. And I believe what he was referring to was food prices in Ghana having gone up by 122%. I also saw that in a BBC report that was based on an Africa Pulse report. It ranked Ghana as the first in terms of highest food price in sub-Saharan Africa in 2022. So that has some data backing it. Um, right after that is Senegal at 110, Uganda, Nigeria, and so forth. But we were the highest at 122 since January 1st, 2022 to um, end of September. So he didn't pick that number out of the air. And to be honest with you, Umaru, for those of us who actually buy food, and I won't say women because these days everyone buys food, whether it is ingredients or already prepared food, the inflation rate on that is well above the food inflation we are hearing for October, 43.7. And perhaps we must uh, interrogate the basket. 
So we see that as at the end of September, water had gone up by 58.9%. That is a massive increase. Water is a major ingredient in what we eat and even how we prepare it. We saw milk, dairy products, and eggs at 49% increase. That is also major because a lot of Ghanaians eat eggs. I mean, even per the joke of President Mahama Gobe goes with eggs. Everything we eat, our wache, goes with eggs. I won't even look at the, the sugar things because that's not important. But for example, rice, the cost of rice has gone up. Oil and fats, 39.3%. And we all know that in actual fact, oil price has gone up way more than that. Far more than that. For those of us who buy oil, fish has gone up by 44.5 according to the government statistician. But we go to the market and it is even higher. The worst is meat, protein that we all need. That, according to the statistician, has gone up by 38.8%. I just bought meat two weeks ago, beef, from the market, and I was shocked at the price. Half a kilo for almost 100 Ghana cities. That was not the price we used to buy just half a kilo of meat. In fact, I didn't even used to buy meat in, in half kilos. I would always buy a kilo or two because I have a fairly big family. But I was forced to buy half a kilo. So the government statisticians' numbers, I think, are pointing in the right direction, which is upwards, north. But the, the values themselves perhaps may be uh, slightly understated because of where they may be picking the numbers. So I, I, I won't fault them. But the truth of the matter is that food prices have gone up substantially over 100% since January 1. And, and you know, Umaru, I think there's no doubt about that. Any Ghanaian can attest to this. Mm. So that's what it is. Now, the Minister for Agri has come up with an idea to haul foodstuffs from the hinterlands where we produce them and deploy these foodstuffs at the frontage of the Ministry of Agriculture so that we can buy at cheaper rates. What do you make of that, um, that, that, that plan? Oh, Maru, I, I even feel bad that a well-educated Ghanaian and his team at the Greek Ministry would come out with a statement like that. Is he saying that all of Accra, Tema, and even greater Accra will come to the ministry to shop vis-a-vis the markets? Why would I have thought he would say they would bring it to the markets so that we could go there to buy, but to the ministry? Anyway, let me not get into that because it's not about, you know, that sort of Thing. But no, I'm just saying maybe that, that, maybe that could that, that could deal with the issue of the cost of food. Do, do do you know what kind of queue will line up at the ministry? I mean, think of the logistics, Umaru. Now, it, that is a failed policy even before it has been born. But, but that not, tells me of of, of of queues in eighty three at Agomenia Market where you may have to go home and return the following day and continue queuing. Maybe, uh, but if you get the food cheap, if you get it cheap, there's nothing wrong with queuing, is there? There is something wrong with queuing for food. There is some, it gives an indication of a country whose economic policies have failed and is in a, is in dire crisis. So as for queuing to buy food, 
by the number of human beings who live in Accra, in the greater Accra area. Umaru, please, let's not even talk about that. Let's rather talk about what can be done. We know that the central bank, through some of its inflation target policies, the monetary policies, have been trying to curb this inflation rate, but they've, they've also not been able to do it. Unfortunately, they have failed. What is happening at this point in time? Even though we have depreciation, we still have a lot of money in the system chasing food and chasing other items. And we wonder where that money is coming from. Because really, if um, Ghanaians cannot afford the prices of food, then you'd expect that they'll be cutting down, as I've just mentioned, that I'm cutting down. But yet we see inflation rising, which means that there is a certain money supply coming into the system, chasing this food. And this goes back to the fact that, honestly, part of Ghana is able to afford this inflation. And a larger part is unable to afford this inflation. How are we allocating resources? And that worries me when you start to talk about the flagship project. How are we allocating our resources? Are we doing proper value for money? Are we doing proper cost-benefit analysis, as Prof. Bobkin just mentioned on your program? We are doing, we are um, putting in place interventions that are having negative fiscal effect and creating more and more problems for us. So to be honest, Numaru, let me land on this point. I think that policy failure due to ineffective leadership response and perhaps even um, you talked about perhaps all of us not having the expertise, but this particular leadership seems to truly lack the expertise to lead this country anywhere else. And so that's where I will land. So that was uh, Monacote. Monacote is a former deputy finance minister uh, in John Mahama's time <laughs> as, as president. It's not easy. Wow. It's not easy, Nathan. It, it really isn't. It's at all, at all, at all. Mm. And, yeah. you know, you wonder what the government's response is. You know, what I find very troubling is that the responses also don't seem coordinated. So, for example, we just spoke to a statistician who's telling you the main drivers of inflation, right? And the Minister of Agriculture was in Parliament yesterday and he was asked why food prices are rising and he doesn't believe that transportation is a justifiable explanation for mm-hmm. food price increases. Although we've shown from the inflation figures that fuel is going up, transport is going up, and food is going up. But he says mm-hmm. he believes there's another reason for it. And he reiterates this point, and I'm sure you play the voice later on, that they are going to bring food to Accra to 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 compete with the high prices of food. So if we can't even agree on what is leading to the high cost, because you know last week you played a voice of a lady that Eno Safo interviewed mm-hmm. in the market and she was explaining why food prices were high. But then the mini- the agri ministry doesn't seem to agree with that explanation. Okay, so I wonder if if we can't even agree on what is causing mm-hmm. the high levels of food inflation, how are we going to solve it? just crazy. Anyway, make life simple on the go. Pay the easy way with the Zenith Bank card online or in-store. Pay uh, for your Facebook ads, Netflix, iTunes, Amazon subscription, all of that. The Zenith Bank card. Think payments, think Zenith. Zenith Bank in your best interest. 
Now it's happening this Saturday, Apollonia City's Family Day. It's happening at the Adumwa place located at the heart of Apollonia City. The bus is moving from the Accra Mall at 8 a.m. Just join them. There's lots, there will be lots of good food, very good music, bouncy castles for the kids and more. And come and network and speak to other people and take a tour of their futuristic city as we explore the most viable investment options in uh, today's tricky market. So it's happening on the 12th of November. See you there. Coming up next is Your Money. Your Money is brought to you by CBG. CBG, we stand with you. Koku has the segment for us this morning. Well, we're always trying to look for ways to save on anything and everything, right? And to reduce our expenditure. Well, when was the last time you had the earthing in your house checked for electricity, right? Mm. Your wiring, your... All those things can contribute to higher electricity consumption. So get an electrician, a qualified electrician, mind you, to come in, check the earth, make sure that your your consumption is actually what you're paying for, right? Um, and I think it's very important as well to do that. And you can save some money on mm. your power consumption. Yeah, okay. I'm, I've experienced that before. You know, especially if you notice uh, a sudden sharp increase in your electricity expenditure. It might be worth getting someone to check it out. Maybe. You and never know. Are, yeah. And the, the other point is, if you have old equipment, so that was mm-hmm. a, that was a house we were living in, we had an old AC, and we used to buy mm-hmm. long credits. So when we change the AC, consumption reduced mm-hmm. because sometimes the older equipment require more power. Yeah. They're not energy efficient. Yes. So they are not, and some of the new equipment are more green. Yes. yes. So if you're in a house, maybe you're in a rented house, and you realize that your bill on electricity is going too much, let somebody come and check the way the ACs and some of these things, things are right. working, some yeah. ions and things, they may be consuming so much power, you don't know. You don't know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a gadget audit is needed every now and again just to check your bills. That's your money. Brought to you by CBG. CBG, we stand with you. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Them go tell you this, tell you that, change the economy and that's a fact of you know the reason, he be promised season. Just yesterday, another one came out week, I remember where, you know we didn't move every day, then proceeded to... 834, still listening to the City Breakfast Show, Maybe sending your messages on 0549-986-996, we'll try and go through... A lot of them before the show ends. But the Greek minister, you know, since we're talking about inflation mm. and food, non-food, that kind of thing, the prices of food, everybody's talking about that. We all are affected by the price increase when it comes to food. If it goes up, everybody feels it. Don't tell me you don't eat. We all eat. If not, you die. <laughs> now, according to the Greek minister, Dr. Wusefri Akuto, he's reiterated government's intention to transport food from the rural production areas to Accra in a bit to deal with rising food inflation. Now, according to him, data gathered by the ministry shows massive disparities between prices at the production areas <laughs> and urban centers due to the cost within the value chain. 
<laughs> anyway, you let, let's listen to him before I say anything. You let's listen to the Greek minister explaining this to all of us. The speaker, food accessibility in Ghana is also more than satisfactory in recent times. The price hikes of food commodities in the urban centers, particularly in Accra, is creating an enormous impression that food has become inaccessible. I've just returned from a tour of regions in southern parts of the country, and as a speaker, I can assure you that prices in the urban centers, particularly in Accra, are a far cry from what obtains in particular, produ- in particular production centers in the regions. Many attributes the high increase in the cost of fuel and transportation. Whereas this may be true to some extent, our analysis at the ministry reveal, reveal, reveal that it is over-exaggerated. Accordingly, government and the ministry on its own is arranging to transport food from the production centers directly to Accra to provide food at reasonable prices to the public and their workers. A moment of silence. Something wicked. So that <laughs> that was the Greek minister, Doctor. <laughs> yeah, but you know, to be honest with you, for me, the, the guy says that. Don't hear it again. Yeah, the, the, see, listen to him carefully. He's saying that the data that his people have does not explain the wide disparities between food in the rural communities <laughs> and food prices in the urban centers. Yes. Would be interesting... So he's working with the data he has. So mm-hmm. if you want to challenge him... Now, there are two things. He's, he's, um, um, he's made a point about the disparity. Yes. Yes. Then he's proposed a solution. So I think we should take it one by one. You can disagree with the solution. But he is saying that when the data he is given from the rural areas is compared to the data is like the food price in the rural, food price in Accra, mm-hmm. is not explained enough by f- transportation. Mm. So whether I'm coming, so whether bringing food to Accra or not is the solution is a different question. But I think the first part of what he says, you must listen to him carefully. Oh, but I have. You see, I'll play it again. Okay, hold on, you hold on. Before you play it again, let me just make my point before I even forget the point I'm making. I'm interested in hearing more details about this data mm-hmm. because the quality of the data reflects the quality of the solution. Mm-hmm. The solution that you have had, mm-hmm. is it a quality solution? No, no, no. I feel you are, you are, you are jumping the gun. I'm not jumping the gun. Hold on. Prophet, we, can be, we, can have a, we can have an agreement that the child has a headache uh-huh. and then we can either say we will give him a parenting or give him whatever. So, but you, you can say you give the child paracetamol, or, uh, but a different kind of paracetamol. That's my point. So, at this moment, we are between we'll give the child milk and orange juice. No, no, let's listen to the solution, the problem. You hold on. Because I think that the way he, he, he is saying that the, the price disparity is not explained enough. Do you know, do you know what my issue I, I get you. My issue with the data, which is why I would have been interested in the Greek ministry being a bit more forthcoming mm-hmm. with this data like other ministries are. Mm-hmm. Because the Greek minister has a track record of being very anecdotal. At this point, that is not what we need. Everybody has made this comment about the disparities. You've raised that issue. Mm. A lot of people... It's not something that requires a significant amount of work at the moment. But he says they've gone out to do some work. 
So it would be interesting to know in the work that they did what they found. Mm. What are the levels? What are the percentages? Mm -hmm. You understand? That would actually inform the conversation. So he can tell us that, okay, we think that there is this percentage hike Mm -hmm. in what we think is the actual Mm -hmm. and what the situation is now and what would actually be a preferable price in the middle. And then somebody can come back and say, well, based on X, Y, Z, your expectation of fast charging X amount cannot be, which is why we are at this amount. Mm. Maybe on the floor of parliament, the questions didn't get that detailed. And I don't know whether they were questions, but for me, the fact that he's repeated the point suggests that he actually believes it. Hmm. Because this, I had this thing on the show last yeah, week. Yes, he's been mentioning this for a while. This is parliament, the house of record. So I, I just thought you should just play okay, it again to hear what he said. Okay. And then. So, Speaker, food accessibility in Ghana is also more than satisfactory in recent times. The price hikes of food commodities in the urban centers, particularly in Accra, is creating an enormous impression that food has become inaccessible. I've just returned from a tour of regions in southern parts of the country, and as a speaker, I can assure you that prices in the urban centers, particularly in Accra, are a far cry from what obtains in particular, produ- in particular production centers in the regions. Many attributes the high increase in the cost of fuel and transportation. Whereas this may be true to some extent, our analysis at the ministry reveal, reveal, reveal that it is over-exaggerated. Accordingly, government and the ministry on its own is arranging to transport food from the production centers directly to Accra to provide food at reasonable prices to the public and the workers. All right, so that was the yeah. that was the Greek minister. Yeah. So I'm interested in. So listen to him. He says that accessibility has become an issue. He said it's not. It's, a, not, it's not an it's issue, not but an issue. price hikes in Ebersen is an issue. He finished a store of the regions in the south, and that the prices that pertain in those places are a far cry from what pertains in the Ebersen, particularly Accra. And while fuel and transport could explain mm. some of the and when you see when somebody uses the word explain. It's also a statistical term. Yes. Could explain some of the price differentials. He doesn't think the food, fuel and transport hikes are enough to explain the wide disparities. For me, it would have been nice for him to say, okay, within the period of September to October, mm-hmm. fuel prices have increased by X percent. Uh, transport fares have increased by Y percent. But food prices have increased and by Z percent. percent. So now, when you take X and Y... It only explains partially the Z increase. Which is the point I'm making. So that we, th- we still feel that that gap between the X, Y and yeah. the Z is too much. Why? And I think that that Z is profiteering or something. Mm-hmm. Do you understand me? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like implying that there are some bottlenecks in supply of food in Accra mm-hmm. not explained by transport and fuel. And, fuel. and the ministry will use its system mm-hmm. to make the food available. Now, the question that to ask is, so what form will it take? Are they going to just have the ministry itself? Are they, is the ministry going to now bring articulators to bring the food to markets? Are they going to have people to sell it? Mm-hmm. The solution has to be questioned, right? But I'm just saying that he, we need to listen more closely to why he feels that there's a gap between the fuel and transport and the final price. But my only concern with this is, like you said, he identifies something we've all asked questions about. Mm. But we've also had, we've gone around and spoken to random market women who will explain their numbers to you immediately. 
In fact, Enosafo spoke to somebody in Makwala who explained how she calculates her margins. We've spoken to several other persons, uh-huh. and it is very scientific the way they explain it when they work their numbers. And you know, you always say that the traders in this country are very rational people. You've always said it. But we've also admitted that there is some level there, of there is we've, 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 we've agreed on this program before that in Ghana price levels price are very high because there seems to be a pricing culture mm. that is not explained by all the drivers. In fact, when I interviewed Apia Adomako of cuts, yes, I remember asking him of all the drivers of price increases in Ghana, he should rank them. He ranked the excessive profiteering of traders as number two. Mm-hmm. This is like two, three months ago. So let's not discount. No, so not dis- that the guy's solution may not necessarily be the best, but mm. if, if he's saying that there is some ma- major difference in the food availability in the rural area to the urban center, and don't forget, he's also said in the past that his job is to make the food available. Mm. There are other ministries in the chain. So, for example, transportation ministry, right? So he probably saying, "I produce the food. Mm-hmm. Somebody's supposed to transport it. Mm-hmm. So between a Greek." Transportation and then trade. There has to be some conversation. Mm. Okay. So he's saying, don't blame me just for high food price. Mm-hmm. Blame other people. But the, the only problem is that he's now saying that it's not even transport and fuel alone. So it's, it seems to be saying that it's the people's pricing. Yeah, but that's w- what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is he would have helped the conversation by putting out what they discovered. And the other, the other thing which could also be is that the structure of a market, so maybe maybe I'm preempting his point, maybe the market structure does not... Al- so, for example, Nathan, if you have six rural markets which produce one ton of cabbage, transport place may not be that high, but you have only two cabbage markets in Accra, the, it could create an artificial shortage. But if you had ten cabbage markets, cabbage and makes it easier to access. So if I live at... Uh, Dawenya. Mm-hmm. I don't have to come to Malata to get a cabbage. Mm-hmm. So maybe in Accra, the markets have been are controlled in a way that sort of elevates prices, or they they create an artificial. So it may not even be just profiteering. It could just be that the and the, the outlets are not enough. So with all the onion sellers going to sit at one place and decide that they are going to re- restrict the flow of onion or something. Okay. So for me, I think we should we should. His solution, he has to explain. I can't defend his solution. I don't understand his solution. Mm-hmm. How bringing food to Accra on their own. Mm-hmm. But if, if, for example, he said, we are going to create more markets, or we are going to work with the district assemblies to say, let's make the distribution part of the equation easier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, when I was in the UK, on Saturdays, the city centre will create markets, and then farmers would come from the rural areas, some of them even on horseback, mm-hmm. with food that they sell on the ground and things, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a proper... And this is the city center. Yeah. We will go and buy, and by four o'clock they've cleaned the market. They've gone home mm-hmm. because if you go to uh, Wilkinsons or Waitrose and things, the food is expensive. Uh-huh. But if you go to, and this is the same fruit. So if you want to, like, you want to do bulk cooking, you time this Coventry mm-hmm. City Center brings all these market women. They come and buy very cheap food, and then they go because the the way the Asdas and Co negotiate with this farmer, they will raise the price. So maybe this is what he's trying to say that maybe we are going to create markets where we are saying. Mumbra, oh, come, 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 come and say, come and buy. I don't know. Yeah, but the question you know, I'm also asking, even on the availability of the food, mm. okay, because he says his job is to make the food available, yeah. which also affects the pricing a bit. Yeah. What is common use for us? Tomatoes. Yes. 
Is it available in Ghana? Mm. We import. We are importing four hundred million dollars worth of it. No, that's a different question. It but is not. You know why? He says he's making food, food available. available. Tomato is like a basic. I'm, I'm dealing with basics. The, the, the equation about food in most countries is a mix of what you produce and what you import. Yes. So the fact that you're importing may not necessarily mean that. You, I mean, but he's talking about accessibility from roots. So which which one is he talking so you're about? You're saying he, once, from, from Tema to Accra. So you're saying now once his argument is that we've produced enough food. Yes, he's talking about what we have produced there because in doing this, he's linking this to PFJ. Mm. You cannot be discussing PFJ and talking imports. So if PFJ has improved the supply of food, yeah. we are talking tomatoes. Okay. So there are two things we, we, are there, there are things we can do. There are two things we can do. Yeah. I agree with your point that he's trying to defend PFJ. But what you could do is if you call Isoko and ask Isoko to give you the price of the specific staples in the main market mm-hmm. and to confirm if there's a geographical disparity mm-hmm. that could help to and to, to analyze what the minister Certainly. is doing. But and, and, and the other point is, if you could speak to those who research these things and say, okay, look, the Minister of Agri seems to be saying that there is some bottleneck with Accra yeah. that is elevating food prices mm-hmm. and therefore he's going to ensure that we bring food mm-hmm. to Accra. Is mm-hmm. there, does the research support this yes but uh, the point i'm making even before you talk to professor canton is yeah. this on the basics yeah. that's why I, i'm not talking about poultry okay so let's start we yeah. chew a lot of chicken yes is poultry available no we eat a lot of tomatoes we are importing 400 million dollars worth of it yes mm. this year corn was it available we are told next year we might not even get enough maize because people yes. didn't plant their maize yes onion wh- where does it come from i don't know yeah sometimes do we grow enough ginger so your point is that once you're importing all these things, then clearly but, but PFJ, but PFJ was meant for the, the staples. No, I'm not even talking about just PFJ. I'm talking about just we've made the food available. So, food available. so he, no, he used the word access. So a couple of things. The word the same thing. So you know, when somebody says something is accessible, means that if I want it, I can get it. Yes, I can yes. easily get it. Yes. So did we get it by growing it or we got it by because you see it will affect the price that he's talking about. If I, I the tomatoes is easily accessible, fine. But am I bringing it from Akumadan or I'm bringing it from Burkina Faso? It determines the price. You let's let's. Okay, I'll yeah, come let, back. Hold that thought. Let's talk. Let's let's speak to okay. Professor Roger Canton. He's a former researcher, Savannah Agricultural Research. Former, he's still a researcher. He's still a researcher. Okay. Uh, 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 Professor Canton, you stop researching. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Canton, <laughs> are, you, are, you a, are you a current researcher or a former researcher? <laughs> because he's a former researcher. Hello. Yes, you are. Yes, there. Professor Canton, you are you're on the City Breakfast Show. Good morning. Thank you, and uh, uh, how is my friend Bernard and my friends doing uh, at City? <laughs> well, we are fine, but Bernard is here. We are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are just confused about the issue of the difference in prices of foodstuffs between the rural areas yes. and the urban areas. And I know you researched this thing, so what are your opening thoughts on that issue? Yes, I would like to thank you for the opportunity. I've just returned from my hometown to move, which is a next food producing district in this country. And as I said, a bag of maize, the hundred kilograms, is going for three hundred and twenty to three hundred and fifty as of now. That is in, is, 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 is at, it has variance with what used to occur in previous years. Maize would have sold around nine, uh, 90 CDs to 120 CDs at this very time that I'm talking of when harvest is in session. So if the, the, the maize prices now are hovering above 300, then there is cause for uh, concern. Two, I would also like to add that a significant number of farmers could not afford maize to uh, produce maize and have to go into soya beans. 
which is a, 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 a less input requiring crop because it doesn't, I mean, require fertilizers just like maize, rice, and the other cereals will do. So clearly there is an issue with food uh, uh, in terms of maize this year. You know, the quantum that we were, we used to produce definitely will, will not be able to get that because fertilizer prices actually price out a lot of peasant farmers who could not afford. I'm giving an example. I myself, I went to do farming late, but I realized that because of the hike in the fertilizer prices, people, a lot of us could not uh, expand our acreages. As I talk to you now, a bag of compound fertilizer in Chumu is going for 420 Ghana cities. You can call the, the Department of Agriculture, Francis Ndama, and verify that. So clearly, how many farmers produce maize, which is a major staple, in fact, that is the most important, significant staple in this country. So, so, Prof, if I understand you, you are saying that if in the past maize was cheap in the rural areas and expensive in Accra, that could be true. But now, because of the high price of fertilizer, even the maize is not being produced, and therefore the price of maize, even in the rural area, is high. So there isn't much of a difference between the price in those rural areas and the urban areas. Is that your, your contention? That is almost the, the, the concession. I, I do not know how much a 100 kilogram maize sells in Accra. I have no idea. But if we could get that, we could draw the comparisons. As I talk, in Chumu, it is 320, 330, virtually heading towards 350 Ghana cities, which is clear that as we go on, the prices are likely to hit 400. I'm sure about that. No question about that. Prof, you mentioned um, maize and the fact that maize farmers couldn't really produce. Which other crops have been affected such that farmers couldn't really produce a lot, looking at these same sets of circumstances? Generally, it is maize and then rice that normally are heavy feeders. They require a lot of inputs, external inputs, fertilizer, insect, I mean, heavy, I mean, herbicides, and things like that. So definitely, they are the two major crops that normally suffers the brand. But the good news, yesterday I read that the uh, Fimbusi farmers have sufficient maize, uh, rice, and are looking for warehousing facilities mm. to store their harvest. Okay. That was what I read from the internet. Okay. Now, if you, if you take away the, the, the uh, high fertilizer price, are, are other factors also responsible for this? For example, maybe insufficient rain, or are other factors also responsible for the hike in uh, prices of food? The hike in the price of food are traceable to two things. Fertilizer not, not being available at the right time. And two, fertilizer also being above the ordinary farmer, number two. So fertilizer is number one. Secondly, we have fuel. This year, an acre you paid on average, it was 200 Ghana CDs, 220, 200, 220 in the Sasala areas which is quite totally very different from what we did last year. Last year it was hovering around 110, 120, 110, 120. So here you have almost about what? 80 Ghana cities added to that. Mm. So basically it is fertilizer and fuel that are the drivers of this uh, agrarian uh, crisis that we have found ourselves in. Okay. And unless something is done, how much, how much the, a, a, a gallon of diesel? I just bought diesel when I was coming from Tumu. It is 105.7. I'm giving you Goya prices where I normally buy from. 
So if so, you so, buy 10 gallons of diesel, okay. you are talking about almost 1,000 okay. uh, uh, 60 gallons. Okay, so, 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 so the fuel is to power the tractors and other heavy equipment, I'm assuming so. Exactly, exactly. That is the issue. Even to, moving uh, the produce, if you ask a care truck to convey maize from Tumon to this place, which uh, previous years is about, about 50 gallons in this bag, to take look at the 100 kilogram bag. Today, as we talk, I haven't found out, but it's certainly going to be more than that. Even look at human, uh, I mean, uh, passengers. I just read OA, from OA to Accra to Kumat, while it used to be 270, uh, it's now 270, and to Bulgaria it's about 280 or 285, which was, in fact, a couple of uh, weeks back. It was just, in fact, it was not even up to 200. It was hovering around 195. So clearly fuel is the driver, and fuel is so key. Okay, okay. Professor Canton, the Agric Minister um, has been saying, has been expressing a very interesting thought in the last few weeks. He says government wants to transport food from the rural production areas to Accra in a bid to deal with rising food inflation. Now, he says that when he looks at the prices in the production areas and he looks at the prices at the urban centers the disparity is just too wide so he feels that if government jumps into the space to try and bridge the gap it will um, decrease the prices of food in Accra your take on this um, idea and and I mean your take what, what do you make of this idea in the first place my question is I want to find out from the Greek minister whose ministry is going to oversee that that's number one which ministry will pretend over that Mm. He says they are Greek ministry. Then I ask you to ask him, is that the mandate of the, the Ministry of Food and Agriculture? Mm. Is there going to now be a constitutional shift in its mandate to now go into holidays and marketing, like food distribution? I thought that the Constitution, and perhaps I have worked with in 30 years of research, the, the mandate of the Ministry of Food and Agriculture is to formulate policies that will enhance agricultural productivity and production to feed and nourish our overwhelming population. Two, the Ministry of Food and Agriculture is a technical department. It's a technical ministry, technical wing, to provide technical advice to farmers across the board. I think these are the two things that the Ministry of Food and Agriculture, to the best of my knowledge, has been said to do. And that's what is done worldwide or globally. Now, if the minister is telling you he wants to, my question is, has he got the mandate? Can they, they have the capacity? You see, mm. moving food from rural areas to uh, urban centers, if you ask me, ask the minister, is he conversant and acquainted with the agricultural value chain? He's an economist. The agricultural value chain has a lot of actors or players along the chain. So you cannot leave your chain and go to act on somebody's chain. You only strengthen the person. So the minister stands there at the policy level. While there are so many line players there, farmers, uh, 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 warehouses, uh, uh, those who go to do the spraying, harvesters, and all those things, you know, it's a huge chain. So if we want to tackle this issue and we are using a fire brigade or a panic uh, approach, I don't think we'll get anywhere. We need to be very serious and look at these things from their organic perspective and perfect solutions accordingly. 
to tackle this. Secondly, there is a whole institution or organization that is tasked to always take off excess food from farmers. That is the, uh, the buffer store. Mm, My okay. question is, how well have they functioned? They keep saying that there's enough food. Then you should deploy the food from buffer store. Why is he going to uh, waste his country resources as a technical ministry to go into an area that they don't have the competence? Why not leave it to the buffer store? Ask them what is happening at buffer store. Something somewhere might have been an issue. Because that is their job. Mm. The buffer store to now understand is they stock excess foods. Okay. So that farmers are able to get money for, uh, for their money. And when there are times of like this, crisis where we don't have food, they will bring the buffer store to cushion what? The uh, uh, urban uh, uh, population. So why are they not doing that? And they are now talking about to go and bring the food stuff. Something wrong where it might not have been right. Prof, so, so, so clearly you, you disagree with, with, with this idea. Come again. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that clearly you disagree with this idea and you feel that this is not the way to go. This is not, it's not a feasible, it's, it's not a scientific approach. I see. Prof, how I, are you going to do that? No, let's be serious with these things. How are you going to do that? Do they have a college uh, division in the middle of... They have agricultural mechanization. They are not a college group. They are into uh, tractor equipment, combines and abattoirs, bringing them in, which even could have been done by private sector. You know, by government finds itself in there, subsidizing them. Fine, we can sometimes understand. But elsewhere, it's not the... We are it's supposed to be a technical wing and also a force wing. So I find it to be quite a little bit bizarre. Mm. Prof, thank you. Thank you so, so much for your time. We appreciate it. That was Professor Roger Canton. He's a researcher with the Savannah Agricultural Research Institute. So he says he disagrees with the Agri Minister. He says, look, this is not feasible. He says their ministry is not built and designed to be doing haulage <laughs> and selling that kind of thing. And speaking of haulage, I watched uh, CNR two days ago and I saw Coco truck haul haulers say they were going to go on strike because of some. Uh, I think there was some policy that they should register their yes, their new registrations. Yeah, so and, they, and they were also saying that the cost of their transportation has gone high because of diesel. Yeah. So <sighs> I don't know. It, this is, you know. <laughs> Maybe the minister should hold a press conference and explain his solution. Maybe. See, Maybe he should hold a press conference and explain his solution because the, the fact that there is a view that the disparities in pricing between the farms... I mean, guys, those days when your father is going for trek and he has a pickup, why does yeah, he go? He's yeah, yeah, because you know that when he, gets, when he gets yeah, to... Uh, when he gets it's not going to be... Some of the food he will get and when he comes to Accra, <laughs> the difference is big. So we know this already. And we don't know, where, but my only challenge is the man is saying that he doesn't even think it's transport and fuel alone. Okay. I wish he would have said, I think the other reason is this or that. And therefore I'm doing it. But I say it's going to make food available in Accra. Where? Mm -hmm. Will it be labeled? Who will sell it? Will the seller, will the seller be somebody committed to maintaining the price? Mm. Or is he going to just, is he going to recruit uh, food retailers? Or is it going to create like a Greek food sellers? Or is it going to do something like, you know, we had a company called the Ghana Food Distribution Corporation. Uh -huh. Is that the kind of thing they want to do? You know, there are lots, for me, when the, when the solution 
proposed has more questions than answers. It doesn't really help. Okay, it, it doesn't really help, and it doesn't. It, it doesn't. I don't know. It, I don't want to say it trivializes the problem, but it's almost like Charlie. People are not doing what we want, so we'll do it ourselves. I, I'm not sure he can. I think you're right. He needs to meet the press. Something and explain because he needs to Maybe. tell us yeah. how is he going to do. Is he going to create new markets and call it agri ministry markets? Yeah. You know, yeah. is he going to work with the local authorities? And we're going to actually do the retailing. Yeah. Are we going to buy online? You know, because Christmas is coming, and mm-hmm. if you have a food inflation of close to fifty percent in October, and usually the price hikes begin. In the last quarter, you know, so what is going on? And I don't know. Uh, still listening to the City Breakfast. We're sending your messages 0549986996. Now, have you been hustling under the scorching sun? Are you tired and thirsty? You need Coca Cola. And you can find uh, them in different bottles, different containers, selling at interesting prices. So if you want one in a 300ml returnable glass bottle, it's 2 CD 50 pesos. If you want one in a 300ml gla- uh, plastic bottle, it's 3 CD 50 pesos. And you can also find the Coca-Cola Classic in the 300ml plastic bottle at 3 CD 50 pesos. Coca-Cola, real refreshment for all occasions. Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, you need to try it first. Now, how sure or how can you be sure you've uh, chosen the best candidate for the job? How about their skill set? Can they handle the day-to-day demands of the job? Let's eliminate these questions for you. Introducing the room uh, from a vast array of highly skilled and competent software engineers, customer service personnel, research and data entry specialists and administrators. You can be sure that your company's mission is in safe hands. They're just a room away. Visit theroom.com now. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. We'll take a very quick break. When we come back, we have more for you. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Charlie, what's up? Me, I did. How you doing? Manager. I'll be there, job. He be cool. Side no damaging. And you're Welcome back. This is still the City Breakfast Show. Mommy, who crashed? She did on Sunday. You can send your messages on 0549-986-996. Alright, let's, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about some other things. Now, earlier this week, I don't know how many people recall, I was, uh, on one of the days when we were doing the newspaper review, I mentioned something about the Fair Work Ghana report. On, you know, digital work, ride hailing apps, that kind of thing. So I've been joined by Dr. Joseph Budu. He's a country manager, Fair Work Ghana project, and a senior lecturer at the Ghana Institute of Management and Public Administration. You don't look for me. Oh, why? And we also have a delivery worker um, in the studio. Yeah, I did morning devotion with my neighbors. Are you still with your boy? We'll get your thoughts on the report. Uh, on the report. Doc, uh, hi, good morning. Welcome good morning. to the City Breakfast Show. Thank you. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Wonderful. And our delivery worker, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, let's get into the Fair Work Project. Earlier this week, I saw the story online. You had put together a very lovely report. But can you just explain one which people are fair work for those who don't know 
what it does and who you are supporting or who is supporting this project that you are currently undertaking in Ghana. Thank you very much and good morning to our listeners. So the Fair Work Project is an international project that seeks to unearth the the working conditions of workers in the digital platform economy worldwide. And we have a branch in Ghana that focuses on the digital platform uh, work economy in Ghana. We are supported by the Invest for Jobs project under the GIZ. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Um, can you just provide a background of this year's evaluation? So you've, you've put out another report. I, I think you put out one in 2021. You've yeah. put out another one this year. So what's the background for this year's evaluations? Okay, thank you. So th- this year's evaluation is to find out whether our report last year and our interactions with these platforms have brought about any improvement in the conditions of workers. So last year we scored 10 platforms. Mm -hmm. This year we sought to score more. However, some platforms have fallen off for one reason or the other and we have included some two new platforms. Okay. So, so how many in all did you do? Ten. Ten. This year also we had ten platforms, yes. Okay. And there are interesting findings from this report i believe will come there but we have seen that it looks like platforms have either rested on their oars or they are not taking any new initiatives to improve on the conditions of workers mm. so this year's report seeks to highlight those okay. those things and some of the issues other issues concerning the working conditions mm. of of the workers i, yeah. I mean mm. we'll, we'll, we'll get to the findings but just a few more words on how, how did you score them how did you score them how okay. did you how did you do your rankings whether you use the weighted system just run us through that and then we can talk about some of the key findings okay so we begin with a desk research to find out what platforms are available I see. then we write to them we send them emails to tell them that this is this year you are going to be scored. Mm, mm. Whether they respond or not, they will be included in the scoring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, yes, because some do not respond at all. And so we tell them, when we send them multiple emails that we are going to score you, about three emails, then we interview the workers on these platforms, okay. at least 10 workers. At least at 10? At least 10. Okay. This year we did Accra, we did Kumasi and Takradi mm-hmm. to, to have a variety. Then, based on the driver scoring or the worker scoring uh, responses, we, we do the scoring. And the scoring is, in, is according to five principles. Okay. We have what we call fair pay. We want to find out whether the workers are receiving uh, at least a, a, the minimum wage. If you are receiving a minimum wage, we give you one over ten. Mm. If you, if the workers are receiving a living wage, we give them two. Two over mm. ten. Two. So that will be two over two for that. Okay, okay, for, for two that. over two. Okay. Yes. Then we go to fair conditions. Do the workers have uh, a place where a means of protecting themselves from the risks that they are involved on the job? So we score two points over there. If they are able to show that they truly have protect the workers from the risk on the job, we score them two. Then we have fair contracts. Are the contracts the workers signing clear to them so that they don't have to read a very lengthy contract for them to just sign up because they just want to do their job? If they, if it is fair, we, we score two points there. Then we have fair management. We find out whether the workers have due process in case there is any 
uh, grievance that they have? Is there a due process or the platform just takes them off arbitrarily without any form of uh, redress? Mm. The last one is fair representation. Mm. Do the workers have the right on the platform to form unions and do the platforms recognize this union? Mm. So based on these five principles, we scored them uh, over 10. I see. And then we have a table. Great. Very interesting. I mean, it's interesting to note that with the fair pay, for instance, none of the platforms could provide evidence that the platform workers earn the minimum or living wage in Ghana. None of them them. could prove that. That's serious. That's serious. And doesn't that violate government of Ghana law? I mean, that's basic minimum wage. So what? So you get this kind of information. You're able to compile this. What can you do with it to effect change? Because if these workers or riders or drivers are not making even the minimum wage, surely there should be some kind of legal redress for them. Yeah. So the basic thing we can do is advocacy. We okay. have to keep speaking about it. Then secondly, we engage with the platforms. Last year, we engaged with the platforms. So there was one platform, for instance, that whose contract was under Spanish law. So through the engagement, mm. they have changed it and it's now under Ghanaian, Ghanaian law. law. So right. it is through diplomacy and engagement mm-hmm. on our side. But we are also engaging with uh, policy policy stakeholders. This year, for instance, we are developing uh, a policy brief which we will give to the Ministry of Employment to ginger them to seek or take the legal actions that will mm. that will make the platform recognize these workers as okay. employees okay. not independent contractors right so Le- okay assists. okay okay see so so let's highlight some of the other key finds. i mean kokui highlighted the fact that there was no minimum wage what other major things did you discover as you mm. as you put this report together okay so we also discovered that still the platforms don't want the workers to form unions wow the the workers have tried and formed associations last this year in June. Some came together to form a union, a Ghana Online Drivers Union. Mm-hmm. Still, the big platforms don't want to recognize these these drivers. So only one platform, the Black Ride, has signed a memorandum of, of understanding with the workers that if they come to them with their collective issues, they are going to. Have uh, have ears for them and to okay. redress. What what other major mm. findings did you did you come across? In addition to this, when it comes to fair conditions, you can see that there, there is an issue there when it comes to the platforms taking responsibility for handling or well, helping their workers overcome their risks because they see these workers as um, independent contractors. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they are taking they want to. They, they enforce the the rules of the work. Mm-hmm. They tell the workers how many hours to work and how many hours not to work, and they get penalized when they don't meet certain targets. Mm-hmm. This is this is something like an employer-employee relationship. Mm-hmm. However, they don't want to take the risks. They don't want to they help them cover the risks that they face on the road. If a driver picks a passenger mm-hmm. on their platform and his phone gets stolen. It's the platform is not the platform's business. If the driver gets hit or even assaulted, or the the rider runs away without paying, the platform doesn't care. But the platform will take its twenty percent or twenty five percent commission from the trip. Mm. 
Wow. You know, I'm not holding brief for any platform at all, but could it be because when a lot of these platforms were established and, you know, the big main, should we say, the, the, the father of these ride-healing apps or Uber, right, it was more so that kind of independent contractor relationship and the platform was more like a facilitator. So you've got a car, you're at home, you're not really using it for anything. Okay, there's somebody who needs a ride. We'll provide a platform to link you up and based on that, you can give the person a ride and earn some money. So perhaps because the companies were established as more like facilitating apps than employing people to drive for them, could that be why you have these blurred lines now where... The the service has evolved to some degree, but the original intent of the platform and the current way in which the platform operates, maybe there's a bit of dissonance there. So they've got to come to a point where they compromise some somewhat. Do you think that could be why we've got some of these discrepancies? Yes, I, I believe it could be. But no business continues in in its original, the original intention will be there, but you, you bring some innovation. You evolve. Yes. So there are platforms today that are collaborating with third-party uh, vehicle uh, high-purchase companies right. to mm-hmm. purchase vehicles for drivers to drive and mm-hmm. do the work and pay arrangement. Yeah. It is not part of the initial business model, but yeah. you are doing it now. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so if, if you are working, the people who are creating the value for you to get to 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 get your rent if they are making certain demands it is only fair that you listen to at least their side and meet them halfway reach a compromise Great. Exactly. yeah Let, let's yeah, uh, let's talk to our, our delivery worker uh, we'll, we'll keep him nameless for now um uh, tell me i mean what, what does the report mean to you and all other service providers drivers and delivery workers? what does this report mean to you those of you who provide the service and you are actually doing the boats and nuts of, of the work Okay, thank you very much, and good morning to your listeners as well. And um, for for their, um, I, mean, I should talk about the, yes, yes, the report. What it, what it means to from you. fair work okay, so from from fair work. I would say um, um, fair work has been an um, awesome company, and then we we are so proud of them because um, let's say for about two three years now we've been working on the platform with our a lot of, um, a lot of, let me say, uh, should I say maybe uh, our earnings? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the main problem. And then sometimes we don't even have right to talk to our people as partners as well. Mm. Because of fair work today, we are having some of these problems solved. So mm. kudos Great. to fair work as well. Great. And, and, and between last year, and 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 this year let's talk about the changes i don't know maybe if you can tell us some of the on on the on the platform that you work for have you noticed any changes in terms of since this report came out have you noticed any have they changed some of the things they do you know yeah okay yeah okay. so i'll say i work on let me say about two third platforms and there has been reports, and there has been a good report from I think one mm-hmm. platform so far, and then the others are also I think uh, fair work are working on how to I mean uh, reach out to the other ones that are not that, that are, I mean they they've, they've made up their mind that they don't want to mind us, but they, they are working <laughs> on that. So <laughs> that's yeah. I see. Doc, I mean, same question to you. Um, 
have any platforms made any changes between last year and this year looking at the fact that whether or not they responded you still included them in their have you seen any any changes between yes. last year and this year yes so without mentioning names mm-hmm. uh, one platform for instance mm-hmm. previously if a rider books a trip mm-hmm. you don't see the, the driver doesn't see the rider i see and and even the rider's location. Mm-hmm. So you you pick blindly when the, when you get to the rider before you re- realize that this is where the rider is going. And sometimes the destination is a flashpoint. It's a place where they have Maybe suffered previous incidents. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So over there, the driver has to take a decision: should should I go or not? If the driver cancels the trip, the driver could be penalized. Mm-hmm. So. Based on the negotiations with this platform, one of them has included something they call verified and unverified uh, riders. Mm-hmm. The verified drivers riders have to register with their Ghana card okay. so that the driver knows who he is picking or she is picking. And they also know where the destination is. So they decide whether to go for the trip or not. And mm-hmm. they are not penalized for canceling a trip. I see. Yes, that's, mm. I see. Interesting. Oh, interesting. I know. The but you know the I'll be a bit facetious here. The the part about being able to choose where you want to go. The, <laughs> that that thing it's a bit dicey because some of the drivers are just picky. You know, it's maybe it's late at night, you need a ride, maybe you're in uh let's say location Westlands area, yeah. and you're going to Castle and it's nah. like the driver will see the location say, Charlie, this one I know. I mean, but, but you, yes. you, you you took us to the first business model. Right? Yeah. You have your car. You have to choose where you want to go. <laughs> yeah, but but then the the rider ends up being a bit str- you know, because people are just now they want to choose. I'm not gonna drive here, yes. I'm not gonna drive there. So then you end up not being able to get a ride. But with the previous model you pick the you pick the customer without knowing where they're going. Yeah, but, then you decide. Yeah, so you've got to go. Yeah, but, and you get paid for that distance. You do, but like he said, what if you are you are you you now get to find out you are driving into a danger into zone? Into a danger zone. Yeah, I get so it's yeah, I get the seesaw. Like Engage, it, it helps to fine tune that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone has to drive for thirty minutes to mm-hmm. to pick a rider who is going for a ten minutes trip. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, concluding words, Doc. It's, this is a very interesting report you've put together. Mm-hmm. Co- co- but concluding words as we wrap up our interview. Okay, so we we want to reach out to the three pe- the three parties on mm-hmm. these platforms. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. first one is the platform. Okay. We are begging them, in all uh, humility and modesty, <laughs> that they should listen to our okay. drivers, their workers, okay. because if if you call them partners, you should listen to them so that you can create okay. value together. Okay. We are also pleading to our, our workers that they should also try to work as best as they could. Mm-hmm. And our consumers, they should, they should use platforms that are fair, the fairest platforms based on our, on our on scoring. Our okay. Yes. Great. Thank you. Thank you. So interesting. We'll be speaking to Dr. Joseph Budu, Country Manager, Fairway Ghana Project. He's a senior lecturer at the Ghana Institute of Management and Public Admin. And we also had our delivery worker here bearing or giving a good account of the report and reflecting the changes that have taken place. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming. We wish you the very best. Thank you. Too. Thank you. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. We have more for you but the Heritage Christian College located at Amasaman behind the Olympic Stadium is affiliated to the KNUST and accredited by GTEC. 
They've got all kinds of great programs. They've got BBA programs. They've got BSc Info Technology. They've got a Bachelor of Theology. So for those who love religion and want to understand the philosophy of religion, which is theology. Tutorials for professional programs, ICA, CIMG, CIHRM, ICM, Media and IT Short Courses. Now they've got certain unique points, entrepreneurship training with financial support, one student, one laptop, of course T's and C's supply, they've got 24-7 internet access, they give you a professional certificate in addition to a degree, character development, scholarships, caring faculty, affordable and flexible fee structure. Entry requirements, WASI, ABCE, GBCE, HND diploma top-up and mature students 25 years or above. Hostel facilities are available as well. Contact them on 0547-777-731 or 0202-298399 or you can dial star 789 star 300 hash to purchase an online serial number and apply at hcuc.edu.gh. 50% tuition uh, waiver is given to all January 2023 fresh students. Heritage Christian College offering world-class university education and training compassionate entrepreneurial leaders. Now, if you're an enterprise customer, this recognition is for you. Recently, when the Ghana Club 100 was put together, four of Enterprise's subsidiaries, Enterprise Insurance, Enterprise Life, Enterprise Trustees, and Acacia, and their respective positions as top companies, and in the recent CIMG Awards, Enterprise Insurance was retained in the CIMG Hall of Fame for the sixth straight time. Enterprise Life was adjudged the Life Insurance Company of the Year, and Enterprise Trustees, the Corporate Trustees Company of the Year. Now, all these awards are dedicated to their valued customers. Dream big with us. Enterprise is your advantage. So, listen to the City Breakfast Show. Your messages have come in on 0549-986-996. We'll go through as many of them as possible before we go... Before we head out of the studio. But let's move on. Let's talk about um, other things. So we've done fair work. Talking about drivers and all. Okay, let's, let's talk about um, malls. And places where we shop. Not so. Hello. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> um, the ANC development. Yeah. Or the ANC mall. Most of us know ANC mall. I mean, I go there quite a bit. Quite familiar with it. I cannot believe it is twenty years old, though. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's so, amazing. So, yeah, joining stuff, us. Yeah. To, yeah, joining us to talk about that. We've got uh, Doctor Andrew Asamoah. He's a lawyer and executive chairman, and we have Mister Richie Jani, who is marketing manager. Uh, gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to the City Breakfast Show. Good morning. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Great. I mean, ANC is 20 years. Amazing. Wow, that's that's great. And yeah. It's amazing. A lot of people, 20 years will sneak up on you in a bit. For many people, they didn't know that. Um, how has the journey been so far? 20 years, how has it been? Yeah, it's been very, it's been very difficult but interesting mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sense that, you know, doing business in Ghana, mm-hmm. if you are used to doing business abroad, there are certain things you take for granted. For example, <laughs> you can go in and take a loan mm-hmm. payable in 20 years, 30 years, a mortgage, uh, interest rates are low. Mm-hmm. 
etc., etc. So doing business in Ghana has a lot of challenges. Mm. And that's why, for example, ANC, unlike the other malls, took time to fully develop. Mm. Whereas the other malls came from outside, they came with a funding, and if you look at Accra Mall or West Hill Mall, it just came and it was put there. Mm-hmm. So you can see the difficulties of a Ghanaian trying mm-hmm. to put something like that mm-hmm. there, you know. Mm. Wow. But despite those challenges, you've done quite well. well. The renovations look really good. Um, I can speak about the, the kids' playground. You know, I've had many <laughs> events there and have seen what you've done over the 20 years to enhance the place and improve it. And, and it's still going quite strong. So how are you going to celebrate this milestone of 20 years in business? There are a lot of celebration lineup, mm-hmm. And I think uh, when it comes to the celebration, uh, do I ask the marketing manager? Yeah, maybe, yes, maybe, 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 maybe Richard can, yes, can give us Richard some more info. To give us yes, the lineup. Yeah. So, like the executive chair said, there's a lot of um, events lining up for the celebration. First was our branding. We took time to come up with our branding. We took us about six months to work on that. So, when you come to ANC more currently, you will see a lot of branding. Um, featuring our future project because ANC more is still growing and then we're still doing much more things. So branding now is epic. Mm-hmm. On top, we are on top of that. So you see our future project on the branding and all of that. Future projects like ANC Corner, then ANC Resident. Currently, ANC Mall is going to have ANC Resident part of the mall to complement the mixed use that we have. So the old Lancaster, Lancaster space that we have, we turn it into a resident apartment, oh, which wow. will start next year. Okay. So when you now come to ANC more, it's going to be a destination. It's a lifestyle experience, but right now we're making it a destination. You can live there, shop there, work there. You know, we have the services apartment. Then we also have the, um, the services offices and all like that. So you can work there, live there, eat there, have fun <laughs> there, and do everything okay. there. One-stop yeah, destination. Just to complement what he said, you know, ANC is a community more. Okay in the sense that we are there to serve the community. And then it's a multi-purpose mall. I see. I mean, you go to most malls, you just go there to shop. Yeah. You come to ALC, one, people are not even aware that the fuel station is part of ALC. Mm. People are not even aware that there's not only is there a fitness center, there's a swimming pool. Mm. And you have this big playground for children. And then, even when we are getting tenants, we just don't take anybody just because you can pay. We have to know what will fit. You know, you are, we have people, and sometimes we go out of our way to encourage people because there's a young man who we encourage because we saw that there's nobody repairing shoes and things here. Like you get abroad. Mm-hmm. So you brought the machines and you go there, you have, they will do it for you. You know? So we, we go out of our, we have a laundry there because <laughs> we know that if you are living there, you need a laundry. Yeah. You know? We have a doctor there, we have a, so we go out of our way to provide all the array of services and you go to the play, playground or you go to the, the food court, you know? Uh, people come there weekends, mm-hmm. have, watch football, meet their friends, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So it has become like a place for the community to be, and anything you need, somehow you get it there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. What do you say to tenants? 
who complain about the price of renting mall space. We know that mall space is, is not exactly cheap. It, it comes at a cost, um, square footage, you know. So talk to us about that, about running a mall, getting tenants in to stay for a good duration, tenants moving in and out, and the cost of renting mall space. Uh, no, the renting mall space, I agree with you that it's a bit expensive uh, because, you know, putting up a mall is high, mm. very high. You need to get loans and you have to put yeah. things together. But we, in ANC, we don't just rent to the tenants. We work with the tenants. We support them. I mean, even though our loan is dollar-based, but we cannot look at our tenants and ask them to pay the equivalent of 15 CDs to a dollar. We can't mm. do that. So we work with them, and sometimes we even advise them to go into certain areas okay. to expand their distance. So we work very closely. If you look at ANC, most of the tenants have been with us from the very beginning. Mm. We don't mm. change tenants very much mm. like other mm. mm. we, we really work with our good, tenants. A good rapport good. with them. Let, I mean, for businesses like, like ANC... What what do you ex- what do you want from government in terms of support? I mean, putting up this is is a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of planning. So, what kind of support would you want from from the government? If you had somebody from the government here, what would you ask from them in terms of support? Okay, what we need from the government is to make a conscious effort to support Ghanaian businesses. I see. If you go to Japan, you go to Malaysia, mm. they have special this thing that if you have a business or you have an idea, you just go to them, you tell them, they look into it. If they are happy, they have a special fund. They don't give it to you free. Mm-hmm. You pay back and then they help you because this country cannot develop if we don't have businesses which continue and there are 4,000 businesses in Japan which are over 200 years old Mm. you know when you go to Switzerland the banks some of these banks are 800 years so what we don't do well here is to support for example, why should I, a Ghanaian, come in being the first Ghanaian to bring in a shopping mall? And I didn't get any exemption from mm, the government. Mm, mm, mm. But the foreign companies come and they get exemption. So how are you encouraging Ghanaians? So these are the problems uh, that the government should make a conscious effort. Mm. The problem I see here is everything is political. Mm. We should depoliticize business, look at business, look at what the people are bringing in and how it will help the country. For example, I was the first Ghanaian to build a shopping mall. Why is it that all the other shopping malls are foreign owners? Mm. It shows you something. Mm. I mean, in other countries, they will have said, okay, now you... We want you to be our source of mm-hmm. malls. We need a mall in Kumasi. We need mm-hmm. one here. Exactly. What do we put together? How do you help you 
to move. I bring this foreign decision, you give them tax rebate. Mm. After 10 years, you know what they do? They sell it mm-hmm. to and another then, place. And then, you know, whereas we will be here mm-hmm. and the money we'll make we'll is going here. to be spent here. So I think there should be a very, very conscious effort okay. to support uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a colleague in Malaysia. When we left, he went home. He was in the laboratory district. So he designed a laboratory system. He went there. He showed it to them. He didn't have a penny. It was supported. Mm. Now he has 18 laboratories mm. in Malaysia. 18. Mm. You see? So mm. uh, this is our problem. <laughs> there what? should be a conscious effort mm. to support. support. For the long term, what are the plans for ANC more? Mm. Uh, ANC more we have as we said we have the ANC corner which is almost ready mm-hmm. but for the road construction in that area you know it's opposite the uh, East Legon police station oh, okay. Okay. and other things mm-hmm. we were even thinking that we will open in December mm-hmm. Uh, for the road construction and for the this thing to fit, we think that maybe that will happen in March. And okay. ANC Corner is also going to be the first home decor. I mean, you come there like the home depot. Everything mm. about housing, you so have it in one there. place. Yeah. Wow. There is no place like that right. here. Mm. So that is coming. And after that, we have ANC Village. Mm-hmm. That is in Oyibi on the road to Dodowa. Mm. That's about 10 times the size of ANC more. Wow. It will be a whole village that you can stay there for one year without getting out of it. <laughs> <laughs> houses and apartments oh. and the commercial and cinemas, everything will be there. Will be so there. these are the Great. projects that we have lined mm. up for the future. Okay. Richard, fin- final words, as, as you wrap it up. Yes, so final words. Um, we're celebrating 15 years plus of the more and 20 years plus of the ANC development itself. So 15 years plus, we're doing giveaways, we're having um, sales events. So starting from tomorrow, we're going to have, um, starting from Friday, 11 to 13, we're going to have a sales exhibition, which we call the 15 on 15 sales. So 15 years of celebration for 15 um, percent of giveaway. So we're going to have a sales exhibition. All tenants are going to come out. We're going to have joy, life, on the on the premises to hold the morning show there so we entreat everybody close and far to come to ANC during this mm. um three days to come and shop to come and celebrate with us Great. and on then on the twenty fifth of um, November we have the Black Friday and the treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. Then uh, on in the evening we'll climb up with a, a bash with our teas, a stage and all mm-hmm. to give back to the community. Wonderful. Then in the month of December ANC more how the Lord has brought us far we're doing giveaways in the whole month of December. So we have selected schools, selected hospitals that we're doing giveaways okay. to. Okay, great. Nice. Wonderful, wonderful guys. Thank you so, so much yeah. for joining us. Okay, yes. but there's one thing, one thing we have to say. I've said what I think the government should do to support. Mm-hmm. But I also want to underline that we, the business people also, we also mm. have to be very careful. Okay. People, because I speak to the bankers, they say some, if they come, they take the loan. And before you know, they have bought a new car and they have done this. So we also, and we should also consciously try to create a family business. Try to create a business which will stay on and on. 
So apart from the government not helping, we also, yes, I think, we have to play a part. We have to be dedicated mm-hmm. and we have to plan it and, and then move forward. Thank you. Nice. So we had Dr. Andrea Samoa, lawyer and executive chairman, ANC Development. We also had Mr. Richie Jani, marketing manager, ANC Development. Gentlemen, thank you and happy 20th anniversary. Yes. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. My girl, she a bougie, get so classy. Yeah. A lady in the street, but a man, she gets so nasty. Yeah. So far, she does look like movie actress. I know they look if I'm not imperfect. My girl, you the one I'm wanting. My girl, my girl. But it don't mean what's a wine girl. Send a woman, send a make a my girl. My girl, my girl. My girl, my girl. My girl, my girl. Sweet melanin, what a fine girl. African. 943. There's still the city back for show. My girl, my girl. Let's, uh, let's talk some education. So, Koko, for the second straight day, we're having a chat about education, right? Always education a topical is issue. <laughs> yes. Can't, can't talk about it enough. Yes. So, we've been uh, joined by uh, Nana Frasika Mensa, Deputy Coordinator at the Free SHS, uh, Free SHS Secretary, I believe. Samuel Usubwating is Cocktail Media CEO. And Aaron, Aaron Akwabwa is Strategy and innovation director at the ministry of education they have something called the stem innovation quite interesting stem innovation yeah. um yeah lady and gentlemen good morning welcome to the city breakfast show good morning good how morning. are we doing very well thank you thank you thank you now let's um let's can you just give us uh, or give our audience a quick overview of the ministry's stem agenda we've been hearing the minister talk a lot about stem science tech engineering and math but just give us just give us uh, an overview of, of of that plan and that agenda yeah so to to begin with just want to make sure the audience knows what we're talking about when we say stem it is obviously science technology engineering and math and mathematics and some people even add the a for arts and it's yes, always going to be embedded and it makes a lot of sense but it's not in the way that we've always done it because I'm going to have someone tell me and say, tell all of us that, oh, well, we already teach science. There's a biology class, there's this kind of class. Mm-hmm. But it's not about just teaching the courses. It's about a sequence of, first of all, integration. So if you are learning something, you don't want to learn in a vacuum. You have a student do a chemistry class, but then cannot cook <laughs> because they've learned in a, in a vacuum without able, ability to apply, mm-hmm. right? And so that is the next level is the application. The ministry, the ministry and the minister have thought about it and thought about the fact that Ghanaians are very used to saying, I'm going to chew, I'm going to pour, I'm going to pass, and even worse, forget. 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 
right? So we are talking about application where you are able to take the skills that you're learning and the assessment is actually based on what you can do. So if you have a STEM course, I'm going to uh, follow up on the fact that you can make the robot that will solve the problem versus do you know the components of the robot or able or memorization based kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And to that point, the minister uh, always talks about we cannot memorize our way out of poverty. So again, we need our integration, we need our application, and we need uh, to be uh, uh, do specialization. A lot of young people will go to school and they'll say, I'm going to be a general arts mm-hmm. uh, 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 person. I'm going to do general science. That general in and of itself is a failure in the system mm-hmm. because you need to be particular. If you've gone to school since uh, 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 KG1 and by the time you get to secondary school, that's 11 years, 12 years of schooling. You should already know kind of where you want to specify. That's what uh, STEM allows us to do because then you can go into a particular STEM pathway or career pathway or career academy. You'll tell yourself, I want to become an engineer. That's why you're taking engineering courses. I want to be in a medical field. That's why you're taking all your regular courses but three courses in biomedical engineering. And the last piece is about really what STEM is going to do for Ghana. I don't know if that's the next question or not. Just I mean, it's but it's but, but if you think about it like this, when you are learning in this way, you're happy and you're engaged and you're moving towards doing something larger than just going to work every day. You actually and, enjoy what you do. And, and you don't, and, and then you can innovate, right? Like you can actually make something new. I overheard the conversation about why is it that the other, all the balls are foreign owned? Why are all this and this and that? It's about innovation. It's about also confidence. STEM is going to provide us confidence because it's not just I am smart, it's I can do something. I can show myself as a worthy human being. And we don't live in a vacuum, right? The, we have to deal with every other country and what they're coming with. Mm. So Ghana is being inundated by Chinese and East Asians. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, but Ghanaians leave Ghana to get opportunities, but all these people are coming to Ghana to do opportunities. Mm. And they're the ones building our roads, they're the ones doing all those things. So the STEM agenda is to give us the skills that would allow us to actually take care of our own situations Mm. and solve our own problems. Okay, so how did STEM innovation come about and what's the vision and mission for that? Okay, so um, basically, cocktail media is, is into children and youth okay. and programs and activities. And mm-hmm. we've had the opportunity to work with the Catholic Education Unit for quite some time doing STEM at the basic school level. We give the kids projects, they build, they choose themes, build projects, and they compete on that level. Uh, in the space of two, three years, uh, I can cite, for example, a school being able to use urine to produce electricity, mm-hmm. um, using LEDs to build solar panels, etc. And the ministry, the beautiful STEM agenda of the Minister of Education, through the Free SHS Secretariat, decided to do something STEM practical. We have the National Science and Math Quiz already at the senior high school level, so they wanted something more practical for mm-hmm the basic school level. So they reached out to us and then we pitched the, the projects we do with the basic schools, upgraded and upscaled it to STEM innovation for the senior high schools. And we are very grateful for this opportunity to work with the ministry because it's if the ministry didn't have that agenda, 
I think there will be no STEM innovation. So STEM innovation is just a, a combination of STEM and innovation. So use the tools of science, tech, engineering, and math to innovate. Basically. So it's a competition? Yes. Okay, so tell us about the process of the competition and what makes it different from other types of academic competition. Yeah, so STEM innovation is not really new, but then it's doing something new. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of STEM challenges, uh, challenges in the system or competitions. But then STEM innovation, this year I'll say for the maiden edition, gave the schools three themes, thematic areas, mm. solar for socioeconomic development, recycling for socioeconomic development, and then coding and programming for socioeconomic development. Why solar? We have abundant sunlight, yet we have power mm-hmm. crisis, we have energy crisis. Why mm. recycling? We have so much garbage around us. We have annual floods because the garbage can block our drainages, etc. But then there's recycling, which can turn it into something. And then why coding and programming? Because we believe that everything is migrating into the IT world. We can't leave our children behind. So STEM Innovation challenged all the senior high schools, the TVET. So this is one of the, the, one of the unique things about STEM Innovation. It has roped in all senior high schools, all senior high technical schools, and then all technical and vocational institutes, TVETs. If you want technical stuff done, engineering, we need to go to the level of the people who are actually studying something technical. So all these three categories of second cycle institutions were challenged with these three uh, themes to develop something. And they were to look for a problem in their communities and then look, use one of the tools of STEM mm. to engineer a solution for that particular problem. And we had about 200 of them responding. And out of that, 97 were able to create projects that were worth carrying to the next stage. And across the country, that is how STEM innovation started. Mm. Can I add something about the process? Something that I really appreciate about the process is that it's very egalitarian because we can do it through Zoom. So it's like a lot of times, can I even get the money to get all the way down to our crowd, Kumasi or whatever, to have Mm -hmm. the contest? Can I do A, B, C, and D? But so our students and, and their teachers were able to go through the process, create the thing, and then they'll send us a video or they'll see us through Zoom. And we also were able to have judges, interactions with them, and our judges were able to interact with them. So we had judges here uh, in Ghana. I was lucky enough to be one of them. Mm -hmm. We had uh, university professors uh, uh, as uh, judges, and we also had international judging. So, again, you can see how it's a little bit different. And I think another piece of it is that each of them was for social economic development development and transformation. So at the end of the day, someone who wins this, can take their uh, their uh, their winning uh, thing or any anything they created, even if you don't win, and say, "I want to go try to get this patented." Now you've been on the radio. We were talking about you. You've been on TV. Mm-hmm. Your name has been around. You've been on international zooms. It's it, it, it extends a lot. It, yes, it gives a platform and it extends a lot farther than some of our other academic ones, which you may be practicing all those skills, but you ha- haven't done something directly for Ghana. We all want it's like a, a, a tit for tat. You know, you're going to create for Ghana, and mm-hmm. we're going to support you to create for Ghana because we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonderful. So th- this happened when? When was the competition? We launched it on 5th of uh, September. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was where the launch took place, and then we started the, the whole competition. The virtual started uh, somewhere in last month. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And how long is it running for? And when, when is the final? 
So the finals will be next week. Mm. The arrival wow. of the students will be 16th of uh, next week, November. Okay. And the 17th, we have the STEM fair, and then we have a contest in the afternoon. Then the last day, which is on the 18th, we have the last contest and then the grand final. Awesome. Wow. wow. So, so how many schools are in the final now? Uh, we have 22 schools. 22 wow. schools? From so across the country? country. Across across the country. country. Okay. Yeah. There are 16 oh, regional 16 champions, and then okay. six extra extremely promising projects which oh, were also invited yeah. and you'll be amazed when you get to see their projects even the 97 you must see the 97 national projects and then you'll be surprised how they could choose 22 it was so difficult it must yeah. have been yeah. tough for the judges yeah. and, and the best thing about that portion is that we are looking at regional champions so that we're never in a position where it's always the same traditional schools that you see mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> working in the ministry for the last year, and I know, I think I know all of the schools in Ghana, but I saw some names, I said, hey, I've never yeah. seen this before. <laughs> and, yeah, and you'll see someone that, yeah, and so the competition is very, very deep, because it's not just the top 10% of schools, or the schools that have access to everything. It is just wonderful to see a group of uh, three T-Vet young ladies uh, against two boys from pre-sec and then seeing how they they get along and the level of respect they have for each other isn't it isn't mean it isn't disrespectful but there's like hey I really want to win yeah. and it's really nice to see that Steam has brought them all together yes very nice okay. so this is open to the public I mean yes, the, finals the, fi- the finals yes, the finals is open to the public where, where, where is it taking place University of Ghana Legon great nice. Isaho. Isaho. Yeah. okay all good right. to know Mm. So people should pay attention. You said next week, yes. the 16th. 16th, 16th is when they arrive. When they arrive. When, when they arrive. The fair will start on 17th and then 18th. Okay. It's going to be massive. So. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is what 22. Judges are need to find a winner yeah. from 22 different unique projects. And, and yeah. STEM Novation took them through stages. So there were eliminations. Mm-hmm. They had a pitch contest. So mm-hmm. they did balloting. So if I pick you, I'm pitching with you. We pitch our project virtually to a panel of judges. And they will listen, they will score, they will interact, they will actually interrogate their project. (coughs) And by the time they are done, they're able to tell that you have actually scored. And if you see the emotions, sometimes Mm -hmm. when a project is eliminated, it's it's, it's heartbreaking. (laughs) You realize that I think we've not been challenging our children. Yeah. The potential is we have extreme potential. Yep. We is not new. We are not new to STEM. We are very good. Our children are very good, but we've not been asking them the right questions. Mm-hmm. We we only think we can memorize. We are quick. We need the quick mathematicians. We need them. We need the fast thinkers and all that. But then we need also those, the nerds, the geeks. Every country has its own community of geeks and nerds, and we have to feed our geeks. We have to feed our nerds, and who knows eventually they will begin to produce local solutions. And STEM innovation is actually not just um, going to award a project, put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. There is a serious connection to, as he said, patenting and then mm. doing R&D, research and development, development to produce. So we have a connection with um, Kantanka, okay. his labs. He has this um, outreach program with the university okay. engineering department, right. and we are using a similar one to develop Good. that of our kids. All right. I mean, will there be more competition? What, what's, what's finally, in just in a few words, what's next for STEM innovation? <laughs> it's going to be massive. Okay. We want to be uh, do it an annual event. So every year we have an, uh, a competition that will come up. So we will sit down with the team, come up with a, 
a team and we give it to them for them to design or develop a project on okay. it, submit it to us. The next year contest, for instance, we want to go there in person. This one, because of time constraint, we couldn't go there in person. But next year or the years ahead, we want to go there in person, have a feel of their project and see mm. how they are using that project to solve a particular societal problem. And I want to applaud Rara Senior High School. When you look nice. at their projects, it's so amazing. <laughs> they even went to the extent that they have to install a light in one of their communities. Oh, wow. So Free Senior High School is doing so well, but it's just that we are not blowing our whistle <laughs> out there for people to know that okay. if we challenge the students, they are really you, doing you a good job good in their schools. Yeah. Great. Thank you so, so much. So the final, Koki, like is at the University of Ghana next Lego. week? It's a home. It's a home. home. So yes. we should all be there to enjoy the 2022 edition of STEM Novation. Thank you. We have Nana Afrasika We want to thank our minister. <laughs> <laughs> So we want to use this opportunity to thank the Honorable Minister for Education for giving us this opportunity for us to work with him and also uh, all the staff at the Ministry and the Free SHS Secretariat, Cocktail Media, they've done a good job. Uh, our boss from the Free SHS uh, Secretariat, Mr. William Dakwa, for frontline this thing. Putin always giving us support and every, all the deputy ministers of the Ministry mm -hmm. of Education. The Thank you, sir. And the sponsors, <laughs> too. We can't <laughs> live without them. God, have been, God, Chalo Oil, yeah, they've all been so supportive. Omega Oil, KA Technologies, and the rest. They are all supporting us with Gustav, giving us printers, laptops for us to give it to the students for them to work on their next projects. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Had Thank you so much. Nana Fra Sika Mensa, who's the Deputy Coordinator at the Free SHS Secretary. We also had Samuel Usu Barting, CEO of Cocktail Media and Aaron Akwabwa, Strategy and Innovation Director at the Ministry of Education. They'll be talking about STEM innovation. Like, yeah, the final is next week, 18th. Go out there, just watch what these amazing teenagers, 17th and 18th, go and see what these amazing teenagers are doing. And as they try to, to chart a new path, really, in how we do things in Ghana. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so much for coming and wish you the very best. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's our show for the morning. Many, many thanks for listening. My name is Nathan Kwao. Wow. Earlier you heard Kokui Salumi Hansen, who's uh, still here with me. We also heard Godfrey Akutubuafu and Bernard Avlin. Many, many thanks for listening. We appreciate all the messages that came in. And uh, we appreciate your time as well. Show produced by Fred Jabano, Caleb Kuda. And uh, technical support came from Godfrey Odum, the richest man.